This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everyone, this is Joe Batanz, uh, and I'm here with Afterthought Media Personality. Evan Ayers. Hello, Evan. How are you? Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. You know, uh, everyone, we are taking a back a trip down memory lane here this Christmas. You know, earlier on this summer, you got uh, season six, which Taylor Latte Boy and I recorded, I don't know how many years ago, but right after that, we we hired employee number one number here at Afterthought one. Media. Number one. number one of anything. Yeah, your employee number one here. We were the, the first person to ever come on was Mr. Evan Ayers. And Evan and I, we had a mutual friend, right? And this mutual friend had said, oh, I know this guy who is like super into drag race. And do you remember, Evan, how we first encountered each other? I remember. I don't know if you do. I think I do. I think so. I knew obviously knew of of you from this mutual friend. Yeah. If, I'm, if I remember correctly, it was there was a comment or a response to a, an Instagram story about I love this drink. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you were like, oh my god, this kid really does like n- like no drag race references. Yeah. Yeah. And we've never talked before, so I, I think that was that sounds like that was that it. That is right? that is exactly it. Yeah. And then you and I had a conversation, and he wowed me with his uh, all drag knowledge mouth. And um and yeah, so Santino. Yeah, and so we decided to try him out on All Stars One because Taylor didn't want to do All Stars One. He knew how horrible it was. Even though when you, this episode you'll hear today, Taylor Taylor is on it. Taylor's on episode one and he's on the season finale. But anything in between, he's not on. And I want Evan on here because one, just so you know, so Evan's gonna be a little rough around the edges. Okay. No, not a little, very, very rough. Very rough around the edges because it's his first time, not even on a like on a podcast, on a microphone, right? I just bought you a microphone and then that was it. That you were doing podcasting. Yeah, I really had no idea what I was signing up for. I it was really just like me talking what I thought would be just talking to friends. Yeah, friends about this show. Um, I'm incredibly underprepared, and if there is any doubts of my uh, how green I was, it will be very uh, very much disproven here. It was it there. I honestly have a hard time listening to them. I, I've never listened to it. And here's why I've never listened to it. And I want Evan here to back me up on this is before we ever went on the air, I told Evan, look, you're going to be employee. Number one, the guy who started the show with me left. The audience is very, very um, loyal and they don't like new people. So we have to work you in. So to, in order to work you in, here's my idea. I'm going to be super mean to you so that they feel sorry for you and then they they root for you against me. Is this true, Evan? Yeah, nothing's changed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I just was mean to you to be mean to you. But in the beginning, during All-Stars 1, uh, I was mean to you because I wanted the audience to root for you so that they would bring you into the fold. And it worked. It makes me angry, Evan. But how do you feel about that? I can never get rid of you. Um, it makes, I, I don't know if this is part of the shtick. I, I don't know if you're joking or if you're being serious, but it makes me happy that I drive you crazy then. Cause I think you drive me crazy sometimes too. So I think it's an, it's a mutually exclusive. Uh, yeah, but you could always uh, quit. I could always quit, but I could also stay to spite you. True. Well, you're also baking so, your I own mean, little no, thing. Like, Loki, though, I like, I definitely am very thankful for, uh, the opportunity to, to be a part of this family and to, I mean, the, Things have definitely changed and progressed, and I think the the rumor mill and that my involvement with 
Afterthought Media. I mean, when I joined, it was an Afterthought Media. It was just Drag Race Recap. There was no, yeah. things have changed so much. And so I feel very connected to it. Um, and I obviously have a lot of admiration and do, do low key very, very much do love you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun grinding your gear sometimes. But yeah, I would just, I'm, I'm really nobody and I have no experience in this prior. No, but uh, so now you do. A You're a very experienced broadcaster now. Well, no, I am, but I, I can definitely, in hindsight, see the, you know, the change and the growth. And yeah. um, it's, I get to be a part of something really cool. So I, I can't promise you that I'm going to be listening to these because it's almost like I'm not going to listen. Contestants talk about like when they don't ever watch their season of Drag Race. Yeah, I don't know if I actually really will ever listen to these first podcasts. Yeah. So it is very humbling yeah. that people do like me and that you haven't fired me yet. Yeah. Um, I can't. But these are this is a fun throwback for some people that aren't us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy. Here's the run of All Star. Now, by the way, I will say this: the podcast is actually better. Than the series, All Stars One is horrible. It's horrible, except horrible. for episode episode one's not bad. Yeah, I can't it's remember. not bad, but that's also that's not saying it's good. But but episode one's like the best one of the mix. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. you know what? How was the episode when Raven and Juju cry? No, I think the episode that's just a good moment, right? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's a great YouTube clip to watch. That's four minutes, but it's not a good. Uh, yeah it's not a good i don't think it's yeah. a good episode i don't yeah, remember yeah. What the, the reasoning why they're in, i remember talking about the the challenges being so awful yeah yeah they're awful remember those the shirts versus skins basketball game guys oh. do not do not go back and rewatch it i don't think is it available anywhere can you get it you have to buy it i imagine right i think like our like how we feel about this the recapping of it i think if they could hide it for forever it would be the, the true lost season of yeah. drag race yeah at least we have an excuse i'm being mean to you because your first time when people like you and, yeah. and it's your first time yeah. all right so uh, everybody yeah, everybody enjoy yeah, it. Don't send me hate mail. I get enough yes. of it as is. This so was enjoy this was it, taped yeah. without telling me how much you hate it. This is, this was taped years ago. Enjoy it. All Stars One starting now. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Stars 1, Season 1, Episode 1, titled It Takes Two. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined by two underwhelmed co-hosts. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Ha! Ha! I'm acting. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. How are you? I am good. I am I am good. Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> no, you're only doing it for one episode. You're only doing it for one I'm doing it four more episodes than you are. You're for episode, I know. the first one and the last one. Oh my god, this is the first one and it might be now I haven't watched the other I haven't watched two through six yet, but yeah. it's probably the most boring episode of RuPaul's Drag Race I've ever seen. It somehow is and is fascinating all at the same time. It, it, it's one of these where, well, I guess we'll get into that as we go mm-hmm. into the show. But I I went into this after you you sent me a comment. So I kind of went into it forgetting how much I enjoyed the season and going in with the Joe Patance colored glasses on and was very like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like there are queens on here. I forgot we're on this season, so that was exciting to see. But then I remembered there's probably a reason why they went home when they did. So, well, we'll get to it. You know what? We we, we usually talk about stupid bullshit here, and it feels bad talking about the show because we haven't brought in our new 
uh, the new part of our show, uh, everyone's already met him because they've already heard the fantastic show we did for the review of Katya and Trixie's show. So they've already all met him, you know? We we, we let him back for All-Stars 1? <laughs> yes. I, he, did he, I sign off on that? That's why you're only doing these episodes. I'm Donna Sugars in you, as someone wrote <laughs> on Twitter. Wait, Evan, wait, wait, let's bring him in here. Let's, let's see how All good right. Evan is at the lore of the show. And from our nation's capital, please say... Oh! Well, come on, Teletubby! Teleport us to Mars! <laughs> To Evan Ayers. Hello, Evan Ayers. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing... I'm back. Full Shangela style. Yeah, I know. Much to Taylor's chagrin, you're back. Yeah, is that sorry. why that box is sitting over in the corner? He was supposed <laughs> to pop out of that? That's my box. I never unpacked. I just carried around with me. You never know where I'm going to pop up. Uh, came out of a box. I may as well carry them with me. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. I want to talk about something. I, now, Evan, unfortunately, you're only spending the first episode and the last episode with the wonderful and the talented Taylor the Latte Boy. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, but... <laughs> wow. Oh, Hey, you. Daddy. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> so, but Taylor, if, if you listen to the show... By the way, how well do you know the lore of the show, Evan? Like, I know you've listened to this season. I know you've listened to, like, season nine, you know, when you and I started talking. But, like, did you listen to when Donna Sugars was on? Do you have any idea who Donna Sugars is? Don't worry, a lot of people don't. What season was she on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Donna Sugars. Donna Sugars was a co-host on our show in season seven. Uh, uh no. Yeah, exactly. Well, so then no, she no. just mysteriously vanished one day. So someone was asking if you, if, if we were Donna Sugarzine. Uh, oh, I saw that. Party. That's that. I I know that person. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but no, Taylor, you it, explain to the audience why you're only doing episode one and like episode six. Well, it's clear to anyone who listens to the show that I hate Joe Batanz, but contractually, <laughs> I was obligated to at least start the season. So much like Gene Smart in the first episode of Designing Women before they went to the new cast, I'm just making a guest appearance. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I need a Wait, break. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought Gene, Gene Smart was on Designing Women. She was on Designing Women until they brought in Jan Hooks, and then she played Carlene, Charlene's sister. But Gene Smart, Delta Burke never came back when the season when they brought in yeah. Julia Duffy. Mm -hmm. But um gene smart was only in the first episode of the season when they brought in her sister and she was only a guest star for that episode and then they explained why she and her husband and baby olivia were not on the show anymore well that reminds me of and i have no idea why this is i was very young when this happened but I, it always left an impression on me was on this we've already knocked tape evan out of the show here but <laughs> evan feel free at any point do you even know what designing women is I have no idea. Oh, what? What's uh, designing women? What? I'm, truly no idea. Shut him off. Shut his fucking microphone off right now. <laughs> this, and thank but, you. But, but this is a good opportunity, Taylor, for you to teach the children. Yeah, I feel like I need to. I, I have a lot to learn here. Well, okay, so, so okay, okay. okay well, let's 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 back this up first, and then we can tell <laughs> Joe's story. Okay. Designing Women was a television show that came on the same year that the Golden Girls did. However, okay. rather being about four retirees in Miami, this was about four interior designers in Atlanta, Georgia. It had Gene Smart, Annie Potts. Dixie Carter and Delta Burke. And and it was very Southern, but sophisticated in its styles. And there was lots of comparisons and contra contractions. Contractions? Contrasting. Um, 
compared compare to attracting two designing women because it was about four women <laughs> with a gay okay. man sensibility. And okay. there are classic scenes from designing women that are still shown in gay bars all over this country. I've pro- it's probably played at plenty of them. I just haven't. But hold on for a second. There's also like a black guy in there. Now, was he gay on the show? Because Meshack Taylor wasn't gay in real life. No, he he was all he was Anthony, and he was their delivery man. And then eventually, he became the fifth partner in the design firm. Yeah, and he delivered Delta, apparently. Delta Burke was like very very funny in it, and eventually, it kind of became like the way Family Ties sort of became all about Michael J. Fox's character. Please tell me you know what Family Ties is. I do, yes. Yeah. Okay. Just Wait, hold on I, for a second. Hold on. Evan, do you really know about, tell me one thing about Family Ties that you know. I'm not, I know that, I know that Family Ties were on VHS in my attic growing up. <sighs> what was the name of the family on Family Ties? That I could not tell you. No, I truly have no idea. Okay, Michael J. Fox was on the show. Do you have any idea who he played or what the character was like? No, I don't. Do you know who Michael J. Fox I know, is? Oh, I knew who Michael J. Fox is, yes. So Delta Burke was very, very funny on the show, and they focused a lot of attention on her, but eventually she kind of got too big for her britches. Literally. So she left the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there also was a weight issue where if you watch the seasons from season one to season whatever, which you will as part of the condition of you staying on the show, <laughs> I, you will I'm, see that there is a weight gain over time. <laughs> when I come back... For the last episode, I will have questions about designing okay. women <laughs> that you need to answer correctly to stay okay. on the final episode. With Wait, me. hold on for I... a second. But in fairness, it was on for like eight or nine years. Can, let, can, let's say he has to watch the the pilot by then. Uh, the pilot. Okay. Or like, okay. Give me like. Give me like. Certain I will give you like. I will give you like. Give me a list. Three or four episodes that you have to. It is. Is it streaming anywhere, Taylor? Yes, we have to. There has to be the night the lights went out with Georgia episode. That is a classic. Okay. Um, and I will, I will, I will find episodes for you, and I will send you links because most of the episodes are on YouTube. Oh, means, really? Okay. Yes, which means you will have no excuse for not watching them. I'm all here for it. Bring it on. Okay. So anyway, back to what I was going to say <laughs> is, uh, when I was a kid, I bought on the Troll Books. I got like the the novelization of Charles in Charge, and read and it basically the pilot in a little book form. And okay. so I read it. And so when the show came on, I was like super into Charles in Charge. Also, look, he has a little gay boy. I think Scott Scott Bayer was like it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, Evan, you know, do you know what Charles in Charge is? I don't. <laughs> Charles in charge? Like what? I, I'm literally like I've heard I've heard of like I I can't even pretend to know. I'm so sorry. I can't even pretend. I'm usually good at lying on the spot. I have no. Wait, hold on for a second. Do you know who Scott Bayo is? I do know who Scott Bayo. Who is, is he? Because now now I think you're he, just saying things now. I mean, he was like an actor. I mean, I, like I know what he looks like. I don't know much about him. Could you name one show that he was on? They quoted him on Bob's Burgers once. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're not going to get to All-Stars 1 at all. We're just going to quiz Evan on shows from the 80s and 90s and see if he knows them. Uh, Gosh, it's probably more interesting than All-Stars 1, but yeah. (laughs) I have never seen Joe (laughs) so disappointed with a younger gay in my entire life as he is right now. (laughs) This is theater. uh... Are you okay, Taylor? (laughs) Yeah, it's just my tuberculosis. It's fine. It's my Ooh. whooping cough because I'm so old. The new boy in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm.
lives downstairs and it's understood. He's there just to take good care of me. Well, this is an awful acapella version. Like he's one of the family. Yeah. Charles in charge of the family. How about this? This is, maybe, maybe this is the original. Maybe. We'll see. Spotify's been. Hey, shit. Charles, check this out. This is fat. No. No, that's not no, it. Nope, that's not <laughs> it. So oh basically, you can't this? get. I didn't want to go on YouTube. I'm just playing Spotify. Okay. Okay. A show that had a original 80s theme that went to a great acapella version was Growing Pains. For the final seasons of Growing Pains, they had a, they had a really cool acapella version. Hey, Evan. You ever hear of a show called Growing Pains? I've heard of Growing okay, Pains, tell, what, what yes. can you tell us about Growing Pains? I can't oh. say anything about it. It was on. My dad My dad loved it. So, like, it wasn't cool for me to like it because my dad loved it. But I, I know Growing Pains. Anyway. On Charles in Charge, for two seasons, he was with one family. <sighs> And then he, they, the show got canceled, and it switched over to uh, – they don't do this anymore, really, but it switched over to syndication, and it was on, like, a local channel. On local channels everywhere. Right. And when they changed the family – they changed the family when they went to syndication, and I always remember the first episode of the new iteration of Charles in Charge, just, like, the one actress that was left from the original family. She comes in, and she hugs Charles before she leaves. Uh, so like so that the family kind of moved away, but he stayed in the yeah, house. He stayed in the house, and the family inherited him, the new family with the stupid girls and the crazy grandpa who'd been in World War Two or something. Oh God, I forgot about and Willie Ames. Willie Ames was still yeah. On. My friend Alex dated the middle sister for a while. He said all he said all she anytime the Charles in Charge kind of came up, she'd bring it up. By the way, he dated her like two years ago. Charles in Charge hasn't been on in like how long? Ten years? Fifteen years? A lot. It's, it's Charles and Charge hasn't been on for like twenty five years. Even the new version. Yeah, Evan. Do you have any pop culture quizzes for me and Taylor that we won't know, so you can feel superior to us? Nothing I can think of yet. Now, Evan, all the attention you were getting uh, online while Taylor, while Taylor looks this up hmm. was what, what were your thoughts on it? Because some, some people called you a beaut. And there was also a debate. You know, so in the in the what does that mean? By the way, I don't know that a beauty. Oh, beaut! Oh, I thought I thought I heard you say brute. I'm sorry. No, but also like uh, you were you were debating whether you were a twink. You called yourself a twunk, and I think you're being a little generous there. I, but you know what? No, I think that's but no, spot no on. Wow. Nami Harder, Nami Harder. I think was it Nami that na- nailed it and said he's very boy next door. Mm-hmm. I get boy next door from him. Boy next door makes more sense. I'll take that at this point. But no, um, I. No, I'm not surprised. Everyone that I've talked to when I said I was doing this, they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, you have a good face for radio, so. Um, <laughs> they, they, they clearly haven't seen us. <laughs> um, no, I don't. None of it really. I, I was more alarmed that um, someone knew who my birthday was. <gasps> Did you see that, Taylor? No. Not just my age, but like, like it, was, it was in regards to when this was going to air. And it was like, oh, right after my birthday. I was like. Wow. Well, look, our fans are very, very good. Like, we don't want to shame the fans. Oh no, no, no! I don't care. I, I was just surprising. It was so quick. I, it's, yeah. This week, twelve queens from season one through four return to the workroom to claim a spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul throws a fit in the competition. The girls pose for a series of photo shoots. Mimi Am first causes drama with her teammate Pandora Box and the rest of the girls, while Tammy Brown continues to entertain us all. Latrice Royale and Manila Luzon won the challenge, while Chad Michaels from Team Chad and Mimi Am first from Team Mandora went head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. In the end, Team Chad was told, Shantae, you stay, while Team Mandora was asked 
to sashay away. Ladies, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Let's start with Evan Ayers. So I want to start um, and go on the record and say that I think that we should switch this up. And this for this season, it should be two things that you dislike and one thing that you do like. Because honestly, there's not a whole lot. Um, things that I liked, I love this cast. I forgot watching it back, just like how many diverse and like interesting queens there were from the first four seasons. And I think they like they cast like a, a very like excellent group of people. Um, and I also like that it's very reminiscent I've heard, it's like film right after season four so it's still kind of reminiscent of like the older seasons of drag race where it's less like campy and flashy in certain ways and it's just very kind of like it's the tone is less extravagant and it's it's exciting but it's not like over the top um and things that i disliked pandora box period interesting tato the latte boy what about what about you name two things you liked and one thing you did not about this episode he stole my first answer, which is the return of the queens. I forgot how much I loved some of these queens in their original yeah. season. And to get to see them again, even though this is from a couple of years ago, to get to see them again all when they're still kind of at their prime and they were still – I mean, it was a big deal to get you know, Manila Luzon and Latrice Royale and Raven and all these people together in one room. It, 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 it was fun to see them all together. Uh, I will say that I liked half. The other thing that I liked was half of the photo challenge and that I loved the half-baked pictures. Even the one that was went bad before uh, Pandora and Mimi, there was something about all of those pictures that was, well, for most of those pictures, that was really neat. And I wish they would do more challenges like that where they combine queens in, in a way like that. Uh, the thing that I did not like is that... Which this surprised me because we talked about it so much, I want to say, in season nine. And that is the, I call it the return of the pussy lamp. Whereas the <laughs> runway, everything was all in that pinks and blues. And just it took away from the looks of the queens walking up and down the runway. And as a dovetail to that or kind of an addendum to that, as much as I love these queens, the first time I watched this was in standard definition. Watching these queens in HD was rough. Just the makeup that, yeah. styles alone. Some of them just looked like they took charcoal baguettes and rubbed them on their faces. Latrice. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah, her skin color. She always looks like that. <laughs> Latrice is black. No, she's not. So... How about you, Joe? Uh, well, I don't have to say it twice. I am a huge, 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 huge fan of Tammy Brown. And so I'm going to suck up as much Tammy Brown as I can. And this episode gave me so much. Even though I'd seen it before, I just love her. I, God, I don't know why they don't do a show about Tammy Brown. I would just literally watch anything she does. Uh, also, um, I didn't bring the, I didn't pull this for Untucked, but because it was long and visual and it, it it was actually kind of boring to, but the fact that none of the drag queens that were backstage in the form decor lounge knew what fuck mary kill was <laughs> that is true and we're just going through each person going if they would fuck them they would basically do fuck mary kill for each person individually yeah yeah it's, it seemed i think that was their way of making sure that everybody got a turn Speaking yeah. of that, and I know that we're not going to talk about that, but just talk about the progression of makeup and style on Willem for now compared to where she was 
terrifying looking when she popped yeah. out from back behind you that always bar. hear about the beard and you really saw it on that episode you could really she looked like Gollum. yeah she There's just also i guess it was not a we good can look. talk about this now because untucked is obviously focused on the fight is like i like willem is it as sort of like uh uh i don't know how to put it but like an idea but actual willem is really fucking grating and I just I don't like the whole because you know I just watched uh, Taylor I don't know if you've watched it the first episode of season two of Dragula. No, I haven't. Yeah, seen yeah. It yet. So the, the the first episode is out now of season two of Dragula, and um, mm. Willem is the judge, and it's just this Willem persona that I don't like. I just find her super super like cunty but trying to be like i'm dumb and cunty but yet is like i don't know evan what are your thoughts on willem i think i can see that and i think there are times where i find him way more endearing than others i think his thing is that he was the first queen to ever like leave the show without being eliminated properly or and that was like the first big shocking elimination i think and i think he tries to like hold this badass persona from that i believe Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's good or bad, I, I'm indifferent on Willem. I should love, I should love Willem, but I just, I don't know. I'm never like super excited when I like. I'm never bummed that she's like. I'm not mad that she's not on All Stars three. I'm not. I don't. You know, I don't ever want more. What's from What's her. interesting is according to Willem, this is all according to Willem. She was supposed to be on All Stars one. She was cast in All Stars one, and then the producers called her and said, "Listen." Will you? There's a certain queen, and I don't think Willem says who it is, who we want on the show. We only have room for 12. Will you do us a solid and like back off and we'll bring you back for All Stars 2? And so Willem did oh. it. And then when she wasn't cast on All Stars 2, was really, really pissed. Now, in kind of defense of World War One, World War One, World of Wonder, <laughs> Willem had done a lot of shit talking on World of Wonder in those few years. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he was... He wasn't really kissing their ass by any means, so I don't think he... Well, isn't that the whole song, Rupologize? Isn't that what that's all about? Well, he coined that at the reunion of season four. Right, but the, he did a song about it after after uh, this whole ha- this all happened. And if you listen to the lyrics, it definitely talks about... It talks about all of that as far as that he was supposed to be on All-Stars 2 and then didn't wasn't selected. Yeah. So, But there's a scene in Untucked where... One of them says something like, how is Mimi on here? Do you think that somebody else was selected and they put her in instead? And then magically um, Gollum pops up. And so I'm wondering oh, like if that a little was kind joke. of oh, interesting. a little thing to say as far as. I just wonder what, like, if that's the case, like, I wonder what just like who, who was like, you know what we should do? Like who, like who's like how you like solidify swapping those two. Cause it's not even like, it'd be one thing if like trying to think of like if katia was like swapped out for willem like there's they had you know what i mean someone who's like they're kind of similar characters on the surface at least like they could not be more different i don't know i can't imagine like that being well, a, who knows if willem's story is true i mean it's just, just according to willem I, I i take anything willem says with a grain of salt anyway what i didn't like about this episode the episode all right <laughs> just like the first episode of any season the returning queens all took their turns making their big entrance into the workroom first up pandora box did somebody order a hooker <laughs> uh. taylor your thoughts on pandora box well okay 
the thoughts on Pandora box for this episode could be an entire episode in itself. Um, one thing that I noticed, and this the clip you pulled definitely speaks to this. There was a lot of hooker jokes in this episode. There was a lot of jokes about prostitutes and hookers and all that kind of stuff, which I thought that just felt very forced at some point. Like, I know that, you know, when you go back and watch old episodes, you hear some of those catchphrases that you don't really hear anymore, like, you know, gagging and, you know, gives me life and all that sort of stuff. But I don't remember there being a big push for hooker talk. Well, d- am I hearing that wrong or did anybody no, else? There were a lot of hooker that? stuff, but then also, and I guess I should save this for Chad Michaels, had an obsession with the Hunger Games. Well, I think the Hunger Games are like just that was. I mean, obviously that. Makes yeah, but sense, then it makes but, it, doesn't, it doesn't make the show age well. Like it would be if I was like, well, you know, if, if I was like, well, I, get, I get the I get the metaphor of like it's like you know. Yeah, but what if I was games, like, like, oh, maybe. this is like a Psy, you know, the Korean pop star Psy. <laughs> We're do this Gangnam style. Can you imagine that as a lip sync? <laughs> that would be an awesome lip sync. Evan, your thought. Evan, your thoughts on Pandora Box? Uh so I said. So I mentioned disliking her um, this episode. I, I just find her so frustrating because she comes in and she says, all right, like I, last time I didn't believe in myself and now I'm fabulous. And then like, she shows up and like, she's just defeated (laughs) from the beginning. She just does not respond well to this. Not like, I don't know. I really like her and I wanted her to do well, but because she looked much better. Like she was a mess on that, on season two. She looked terrible. She was funny, but like, she looked like she stepped her game. Latrice made a comment like she's looking good. I loved her entrance look. Yes, the entrance look was great. She looked fantastic. Uh, it just she, she just I think she was not she did not respond to this this twist very well, and it just I don't think she could come back from it, which yeah. implies that she really wasn't as you know improved as I think she thought she was. It feels very much like the uh, on a much briefer tenure, the Fifi O'Hara stuff. Over Fifi O'Hare was going to come in and she was going to redeem herself and all that kind of stuff. And over time, you just saw that balloon deflate just a little bit slower with every single episode until you really had the old Fifi O'Hara. This kind of felt the same way, only the balloon pretty much burst right away as soon as the, the twist was was revealed. She made, Mimi, Pandora makes this comment to Mimi at some point uh, where she's like, oh, I was just worried about you because, like, you know, of your, like, your exit was, like, kind of a big deal and I didn't know if it was going to carry you over, like... She pretty much says, like, you know, I'm you were a mess on your season, so I shouldn't like you now. But then she comes in and says, you know, oh, I was, you know, I've so I've grown and changed so much. I don't know. It was disappointing. You know what's funny is I think Pandora went in with a lot of momentum behind her because she was pre Bianca Del Rio, the comedy queen. She was the one with yeah. a huge following, and she was hilarious. And World of Wonder loved her too. Because remember, World of Wonder gave her own show even after All Stars two. Oh, that's right. She did have trying to make her a thing. They just saw her as super, super funny. And there was, I remember there was a push online to bring back Pandora, Justice for Pandora. And then she comes in All Stars 2. And I think she probably feels a little screwed over that she gets paired with Mimi I'm first, knowing like, oh, well, this was supposed to be my big comeback. And it it wasn't. And I'll be honest with you, too. Much like Kelly Mantle, who people always make a big deal about, is I would love to see. I'm not saying that they would redeem themselves, because I actually have problems with Pandora Box. I find her to be very whiny. But I would love to give them, like, okay, bitches, here's your chance. It's you on your own. You've had time, both of you. You're supposed to be these hilarious comedy queens. Let's see what you can do. Because, you know, Pandora can always hold two. But, come on, look at that lineup. Pandora would have been, at best, middle of the pack. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no way she was going, yeah. Up against Raven? 
and Jujubee. I start going through all the queens. Latrice Royale. <laughs> Manila Luzon. Yeah. Porkchop Parker. <laughs> Who I'm still mad they haven't brought back yet, but that's a different story. I've seen Porkchop Parker up close. I don't know about that. All right. Next into the room. She's large and in charge. She's Latrice Royale. Wow. Like that. Evan, your thoughts on Latrice Royale and her return to RuPaul's Drag Race? The only thoughts that I have about Latrice returning is that I'm mad that she came back this season. Because I think she is one of the queens that is so great. And I think she deserved to be on a better season than All-Stars 1. Um, I mean, she is... I mean, I guess this... Well, I don't know when this... Do you know when, heck, how the break... How long the break between 4 and this was, like, from filming... No. I can look it, up real fast. it seems like she literally I mean it, it, the implication is that she literally just like they like it was like two weeks max maybe um I I, I think she's she's a, she was also Miss Congeniality right she was Miss Congeniality we she had was. like I think they um, had all the Miss yeah they had a little moment yeah well no they had because they had um Pandora was a Miss Congeniality from her season Latrice was a uh her season Yara Sophia was Yara and I think, was, I think yeah, they right. they call it they go like the Miss Congenialities are here that's right um yeah i think she looked amazing i think she i like that like i mean like, like she doesn't want to say much more she's i don't know taylor you have any thoughts on latrice royale i love latrice latrice is one of my all-time favorite queens she is the first contestant that i went and saw live here in st petersburg and was and was about two feet away from her I somehow went oh when the lights went down, I ran for the stage. It was a little tiny bar, but and I was I was standing there and she's an amazing performer. Um I I would be curious, Evan Evan just brought up something really I would be curious how she would have fared one by herself. Even though her and Manila, I mean that's a that's a cool pairing. Um if she could have been by herself on a all stars two um, or even All Stars, All Stars three. From what we know about All Stars three, I feel like she would have. They should have just handed her the crown at the beginning. Um, there isn't yeah. anybody that really speaks to me as a clear front runner. Whereas somebody like her, she totally would have been a front runner at that point. I love her. Yeah, I like Latrice Royale too. Who doesn't like her? Uh, um, well, that's the problem. Like, I mean, she's. I mean, she even says it. She's like later on in the season. She's like, I'm the. She's the Oprah of drag. Everyone loves you. But I don't know. What are your thoughts, Joe? Why do you think people love her, though? But why? Like, what does she do that? I mean, look, I, 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 I also love her as well. But why? I think she's relatable in some degree because she has this background where she's, you know, made some mistakes. She like went to jail, and like she's, you know, definitely by no means like a saint. But I, I think she's, I think she's real, and she's not necessarily beautiful. But, I mean, she's, I mean, she's beautiful, but like she's, you know, what I mean, she's not necessarily like a, a look yeah. queen. She's funny. Which the funny always works, especially she's a funny. soundbite. That laugh is all I ever. Like, yeah, like, we call. I mean, we call it a Latrice laugh. Like when something's funny, it's a Latrice laugh. Mm-hmm. She's she's has a presence to her. She has she has a very magnetic personality, and she is somebody that, despite all of the issues that she's had and stuff, she still seems very joyous and genuine. Yeah, and that is something that you know as people we are kind of drawn to as far as we most people are drawn to somebody like that is that you want to see more about them plus there had never been before her and i would even say never since a queen that is that large and also that dark skin charge 
and that and in charge. And chunky. So she she is very much an anomaly. <laughs> um within the hundred plus queens that they've had. So of course you're going to remember somebody like Latrice Royale. I mean, could you imagine being a large dark queen? Like after that, be like, well, there goes my shot of being on this show. Jesus. Yeah. Donna sugars. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because when one thinks newbie and princess, Donna sugars comes to mind. No, next into the room. I'm going to need some, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm not ashamed to admit this. I'm going to need some education men from this is Yara. Sophia is my designing women. <gasps> yes, mommy. Yara Sophia. La puerta's in the house. Vainier than ever. Miss Congeniality. Enchilada. <laughs> All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on Yara Sophia coming back into the race? Yara Sophia is, is a beautiful queen. I guess the thing that really kind of distracts me over her is the weird oversized yarn hair that she has. It's something that when she wore it pretty much throughout this entire episode. And anytime she has on it, it distracts from the beauty of what she does with her makeup and some of her looks. Her looks are a little trashy, but I like a little trashy. But the yarn hair, not a fan. Evan Ayers, your thoughts on Jana Sophia? Yarna Sophia, as Taylor calls her? I have to respectfully disagree on the hair. Um, I lo- so Yara Sophia, when I said that I loved this cast, Yara Sophia was the first one where I was like, I forgot how fantastic you are. Um, I remember season three being the first six season of Drag Race that I kind of responded well to when someone showed it to me. And the reason I liked it was because I saw Yara Sophia and she was doing this like super, you know, weird couture thing. And it was very lady gaga ish to me and a high school like twink that i was like that's that was what i was interested in mm-hmm. um i think she is so funny and she like she's that queen i think she is definitely for being like a, a latin queen or a queen that doesn't have english as her first language she's the only queen that i think has been able to successfully in my mind like not be an english native speaker and still and like own it and not not understand what's going on but still be very funny and still be very successful she kicked like she did very well on her on her season season three mm-hmm. um i think she's beautiful i've seen her a few times and she's just as hot in person as she is in real and like on the show and i don't know i i think she's a riot i was i was i, I literally forgot that she was on this and i like it made me like this seeing her walk in made me excited to like to actually watch the season i i root i root for her i agree with everything you say she is she is a fun queen to watch it's it j- just that hair is something that i'm kind of like uh, I don't know. but i also I mean, get yeah you also figure this is four or five years ago when Lady mm. Gaga was even more popular than she is now. So it makes sense as a high school twink, as you as you just referred to yourself, that you're going to respond to that with all of the chains and the craziness with the oh, mask yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it it makes sense. I just just that yarn hair is <laughs> I just wanted to knock it off her head. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tired. I now. feel like season three is in the blind spot of my knowledge of RuPaul's Drag Race. I think I even took a break in them. I watched it and I think I watched the end and I watched the beginning, but I think I like didn't like I, I it was in, I was in and out with it. And so I vaguely remember season three. Only vaguely. Uh and so that's why Yara Sophia is not really in my memory. And so she's um yeah, I mean I'm fine with her. I have no problem with her. It's just I just don't know that much about her. Yeah, I mean she did she was top four of season three and she was on the she and I'm uh, not Shangela, what's her name? Alexis Mateo. Mm-hmm. 
they were both on the season together and yeah she i mean they were i mean they didn't have the team things there but her she won a few challenges her looks were like probably the very same or dissimilar like she didn't really she hasn't changed that much visually since when she came in all-stars um, was she the one that had the breakdown on the when, stage during a lip sync she had a breakdown yeah and i think okay. she was performing against alexis she was yeah that was where they were that was so that must have been the top four yeah. Season three is a really good season. It is also, really I mean, that's the Raja season. season. And it is, some of Raja's looks alone are worth watching. Raja, Raja's looks are incredible. And season three, for me, I, well, that, that, I, okay, if, if you had asked me this a year ago, considering some of the, some of the lip syncs that we've seen this year, but season three for me had the definitive lip sync of RuPaul's Drag Race, which was Manila Luzon versus Delta Work. Was the fights I get in over, the, over that being the best lip sync, uh, one of the best lip sync, like, meaning like, you agree very- or disagree? I agree. I, it is like the that was that is a watershed moment for the show. Completely. Manila Luzon manages to show every emotion she has in her body in the course of about thirty seconds, and it is about as raw as you can get with a lip sync. It is. It is, inc- and she does it all while dressed as Big Bird. That's the part yeah. that everybody. This is the one in MacArthur Park. Yes, against yes. Delta Work. It's yes. It's true. I mean, it's. I still watch it when I'm like when I need to feel inspired by something. Yes. Yeah. Every oh, once in a it. while, if I'm scrolling through Tumblr and it's not porn, I'll see that. I'll be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna this. watch that." And sometimes awesome. I like I'll hold things and I'll hold it up like Delta holds that stupid bracelet she has. Yes, like, which makes no cake. sense, but yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely. Oh, it's incredible. really weird because again, though I don't have many memories of season three, I remember that lip sync. But um, what's funny is I would say season three and four combined together are the tipping point for the show. It goes from parody of reality shows to an actual reality show on its own. And I think you have to give a lot of the credit to Raja, who said, you know what? We can make this couture. You know, where yeah. before it was very yeah. pret-a-porte kind of uh, outfits, wasn't it? Wasn't it like ready to wear off the rack stuff on seasons one and two? And then Raja steps it up and brings in the looks. And also, I want to see season three because supposedly, here's the tea is a, somewhere in the middle of the show, they had a shutdown production because RuPaul mm-hmm. had a medical scare. Uh, they think No one knows what it is, but they think she had a heart attack. And uh, so they, I guess when they come back, the queens look different in the confessionals because so much time has passed during the competition. Okay. So I want to go and see if I can clock that. Are you able to clock that, Evan? Because you, you were nodding. I, I can, I, I've, I've also read that, and they're mentioning how um apparently that did happen and it was the break occurred between it was when a sewing challenge had been assigned Mm -hmm. so it was at some point where they had to make all these looks and so the queens literally had instead of like a couple hours they had like a a very long period of time to work on these things um yes i've heard that and i think that is i mean maybe why the looks were so good that season but i also think just i'm just before i forget it the note about the confessional something that i noticed and this watching this back, I really appreciate now that they make the queens and their confessionals wear the same mm-hmm. look. I have that note, yes. Because obviously, like, I mean, I'm someone who like I obsess over reality television. Like, I understand that editing is like, you know, when someone's crying, they could be crying about anything, but they'll clip it and use it for whatever. But it is so much more. Uh, it's easier to accept or like maybe believe that it's a part of the same storyline when they're wearing the same thing as opposed to seeing a queen in a you know two minute period talking about something and wearing four different outfits or you know what yes. I mean like it's it's so obvious that it, it makes it feel less sincere even though it's not at all but less authentic 
Yeah. Yeah, Pandora has on three outfits in one episode. Yeah. I like how we have, we've turned this episode into a, uh, a recap of season three. Okay, next into the room, the one and only Chanel. Hello, hello. Oh. All right, uh, Evan, your thoughts on Chanel? Who? Okay, Taylor, your thoughts? I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, my only, th- only thoughts I have, I so I admittedly don't know. I mean, I, I watched season one, but I'm not like super. I wasn't super versed on her when I watched this the first time. Um, I loved that she talked about wearing the Beast costume, mm-hmm. only because I heard Alyssa Edwards the whole time yelling Beast. <laughs> I I have no real. She doesn't do anything for me really. Taylor, Chanel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chanel is, or I have a huge crush on Chanel as a boy. What? <laughs> really? I did not. I did no, not okay. think let me, that's me, where me, you were let going. Me, let me let me put it in denim. Let me put it in denim. I have a huge crush with Chanel as a boy in a baseball cap because I know that Chanel and that, and that Ed Hardy like rhinestone. Okay, but oh, okay, but oh something God. about the face and that she's a little doughy and that uh, as a boy the big big Windex blue eyes. Very, very cute to me. And I think as a queen, she is a beautiful queen, but there is something very Vegas showgirl. And I oh, think she is from Vegas. Yeah, actually. and she wears so, that with a badge of honor. She she wears that. So, and she is very clearly of that stock. But even like, I would say like early 2000s Vegas queen, not like what you have now with like Derek Barry and Kamora Black and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. but there's something about Chanel as a boy, even when she was on season one, where she wore the baseball cap backwards, just, oh, so interesting. she's wow. gross. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but she's like, she, she's, she's, she is what we refer to on our show as uh, the dirty monkey boy, like that you'd have sex with and you wouldn't admit that you would have sex with, but you that's Chanel is kind of like that it for me. Is that oh. that for me? Wow. Revelations. Yeah, I will add the reason why maybe I don't have a whole lot to say about her is because I, I just in my head I imagine she's just like a drag queen. Like I, yes. I feel like if my aunts went to drag brunch yes. in Philadelphia, like she'd be the MC. Nothing against Philadelphia, I love that city, but like she, there's she's it's she it made sense that she was on the show and that she like was on season one and came back. But I think now it would be I, I yeah she, it doesn't it's not there's nothing like interesting to pinpoint on her. It would make no sense to bring her back for All Stars three. Because 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 yeah. your your initial response of who, I mean those of us that watch season one remember her and remember her from All Stars four, but that's real. You've never really yeah. heard anything about her since. Well, and she was memorable too because she didn't she eliminate herself or she she mm-hmm. volunteered to be eliminated. Yes, and then they and then they did eliminate her and then she still came. I'm surprised they invited her back, but yeah. She said she felt as though she was not ready for the critiques and stuff like that. So maybe that's why they brought her back because she felt as though she had grown enough to where she could handle critiques. I love that as like an excuse to not go to work. See, this is what I love about Evan is he has such a good memory for this show. I do not remember anything that he just said about Chanel and eliminate himself. Yeah, no, I've, I've only watched season one once. And I do remember that being a moment. And she also the controversy because she jumped at one point and her yeah, wig I remember that. fell her off. Wig come, she has that like showgirls yeah. like, it was like a Medusa wig or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to look like an accident, but she has since admitted that she totally did that on purpose for dramatic. Oh, really? Yeah. Because she is beautiful. <laughs> oh, and you know what she said something else bothered me. She goes, Oh, everyone thought that I was this like 
like arrogant or like you know i forgot what the exact term she says but like people thought i was so full of myself and that that's it and then there's that and then they proceed she proceeds to be arrogant the whole season yeah but as if she wasn't but all right next into the room raven let's do this bitches i know the four queens sitting there as i walk in are thinking this bitch looks good taylor your thoughts on raven i think the four queens of that room probably went no she don't yeah (laughs) she looked horrible she looked rough walking in there i hd was not her friend raven yeah hd is definitely not her friend raven is somebody that oddly on her season i kind of had a crush on jesus christ you're a fucking thirsty bitch i was gonna i think she's super attractive in this this season but she well she's gotten much thinner she was a little Mm. not i wouldn't say she was heavy by any means but she was fuller and then remember when she came back this season i was kind of like oh we eat a biscuit jesus but um raven as a artist raven as an entity always fascinates me is uh, the i i she is somebody that even when she does the the fashion ruvu with raja and stuff like that even though she is she is you know per- perpetually second runner up when i'm watching those videos i can't take my eyes off of raven so i it made absolute sense for her to be in this season evan your thoughts on raven yeah, I totally agree, and I, I mean, you like you can't like you can't deny the like the impact aesthetically, even like of Raven, like people, she is just so visually like captivating, and she's like kind of scary and not relatable. She's not really nice, but like that's she at the time that's like she was so unique, and she did look terrible walking in. But um, I don't know. I I think it made sense that she came back. I think she, I mean, her body was incredible, and I definitely eat a sandwich but she i don't know i think she yeah i mean she's i think she is definitely one of the more impactful like or influential queens of this to ever come out of the series and so i think to have an all-star season without her would be silly and i don't think she's very likable but i i I agree i never want to take my eyes off her i would go so far as to say she was robbed on season two and she should have been the winner she definitely was yeah definitely was because even even you talk about the likability factor, she was much, as far as I'm concerned, she was much more likable even as a villainess than Tyra Sanchez was. Yeah, well, this ain't RuPaul's Best. most likable <laughs> race. Like this is like drag superstar. I mean, she's obviously doing a lot more. Yeah. Next into the room, Alexis Mateo. That jig is up, bitches. Oh! Look at you, all cross dressers looking cute. <laughs> Uh, Evan, your thoughts on Alexis Mateo? I have written down. I tried to take notes when I was watching this few times. Oh, thank you, Evan, for doing that. I have an all caps Alexis Potato. Um, (laughs) I had a few glasses of wine when I was watching this. I was on a on a mega bus, so I had to you know medicate. But I did not love Alexis on season three for some reason. I don't know why. I think just because I knew in my head she wasn't going to win. Like she was against these queens like Raja and Manila, who were just in their this own league. She's so funny. She is. And so obnoxious. Like, I really loved her. I mean, her entrance looked, she looked fantastic. Um, and for like, I think she's one of those showgirl queens, showgirl queens that are like, she's obviously like kind of pigeonholed. She's a pageant, you know, like circuit queen that like is like very specific. It's, she's so tacky. And like, I mean, she looks like she shops at Claire's boutique. And like, I, whether she knows that's her aesthetic or not is like her own thing. 
I just think she is, I, I'm obsessed with her and I would love to see her again at some point. I've, I haven't heard from her like really, or I have, like, I don't know if she, like what's she's doing, but like, I, I remember watching this and like actively like Googling Alexis Mateo. Like I saw a look from her recently on Reddit that was really, really good. I think she was a carousel. The carousel. Yeah. Yes. Did you see that Taylor? Yes. For, no, I haven't seen that. Like the, she's, there's she's, literally a carousel around her. Oh, it's like her. I think it's a Halloween look yeah. or something. And she's like, it's and again, like it's just so tacky and obnoxious. But like, it's well, it's, she, it's good. She's from my neck of the woods. She's from the Tampa Bay area, and she is definitely of that Central Florida pageant queen that you see, like Ginger Minge and that whole body of work. Um, Trinity the Tuck Taylor. Trinity the Tuck Taylor, which we talked about that for for the season nine. That th- they definitely fall within that wheelhouse of it's all about. Big hair and six pounds of bisquick and glitter and sequins and for breakfast or for uh, yes. <laughs> After they're done eating, they just smash their face against the plate and then that's that's their uh, base for the day. Um, I I loved Alexis on her season. She always kind of felt like the underdog, and I I enjoy an underdog story again, knowing she was never going to win. Um, and. I'm I'm glad I'm glad to see her on and to look as good as she does on this season. She still performs around here. Uh, she was doing a lot with Hamburger Marys over in Tampa for a while, but I'm not sure where she is now. Do you guys have Hamburger Marys over by by uh, by you in the D.C. area, Evan? We do not. Ugh, I was thinking about thank that. Thank God. Um, I know. Well, we have this place called Nellie's, which is just as awful. But um, yeah, I we don't have Hamburger Hamburger Marys. You know. Plenty of Out here, they have. Uh, I'm sure you guys have like DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff like that, right? And mm-hmm. uh, one of the options is always Hamburger Marys. I'm always like, who would ever, ever be like, I need that delivered to me? <laughs> I, it's we went into McDonald's on Sunday and they have a thing now serving Uber oh, Eats. And I said, oh. to, I said to Babalu, I said, so when you've completely given up on no, life, I would totally do it. Uber- I would totally, <laughs> I would do it. I, Uber eats no, McDonald's my, for sure. I, yes, I know. I have a good friend who works for corporate McDonald's, and she called me to tell me. She's like, "Evan, I just want you to know that you know we're doing Uber Eats now." And I figured that just just so you, and like it's a it's amazing. I've I've thought about doing it, but I, I don't have the... it will always be and will always look. And I'm on a health kick. I've been losing weight. I've been working out. Blah blah blah. I will still defend McDonald's. To, as we still have to do it. our fast food episode at some point. Yeah, next year. Evan, do you eat fast? Have you ever eaten fast food, Evan? I eat so much fast food. You son of a bitch. I no, it's not. It's like actually really sad. Like to, we, I was at a hockey game last night with my boyfriend, and the the concert was one of the sponsors was Chick Fil A, and the like there was like this like stadium contest where it was like all right, find that they like they hid like the Chick Fil A mascot like in the stadium, and you had to like find him. It was it. And, it like, was in the mascot's and, like, ass. He, like, he like pointed at me. He, like I like I'm very much known as like I eat exclusively fast food all the time. I've never eaten a Chick Fil A because I don't support companies that are anti-gay. Well, I'm a glutton for punishment, so and it's a damn good chicken sandwich. I've never had it. I it's hear I it. hear it's great. It's we, good on Saturday. Wait, Taylor, you go I to Chick Fil A? It's been a well. Okay, I'm getting ready to tell the story. I don't go to Chick-fil-A anymore because, as longtime listeners of the show know, I no longer drink soda. I haven't drank soda since April of last year. And the reason why I don't go to Chick-fil-A is because if I go to Chick-fil-A, that is one of the few places that is a fountain drink down here. They have cherry Coke. 
So yes, I always get cherry coke when I right, go. Right, you get you get a chicken sandwich with fries, and I always get like the Texas Pete hot sauce, and you get a big thing of cherry coke, which for me because they will do free refills on any size, and I always get a large, turns into like a two liter thing of cherry coke, and it makes me sick. So I was having a stressful day on last Saturday, as Joe knows, because he called me at one point. Uh, and, oh my god, I can't believe uh, my face healed. Since then, <laughs> I, fire came out of the phone, burnt, melt. It was like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like I just opened the Ark, and I was that guy with the hat and the glasses, and my, my face just melted. And Babalu said at one point, he goes, where do you want – let's go get you lunch, because apparently I was hangry at this point. And he said, do you want to go to Chick-fil-A? And I said, I can't go to Chick-fil-A because I'll get Cherry Coke. And he said, okay, but one day, he goes, you're having a stressful day. That won't affect you. And I said, that's like saying to somebody, we'll just do a little meth. It'll be okay. I'm like, I can't, you can't, I can't, I do not have the willpower to ration myself with things like that. So we ended up going someplace completely different. What is your, like, you know, Chick, Taylor has his Chick-fil-A. What is your Chick-fil-A, Evan? Um, for, for, As far as like fast food yeah. goes? Um, so we have this, we, you guys have Shake Shack or you guys have Inside Out? Inside, no, Inside Out. The, inside wait, out. Taylor, did you just hear out. he no, called it fucking <laughs> Inside Out? The Pixar movie? You could go and sit in the Pixar inside, movie? Oh, you guys That's have Inside Out, ple- yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my guilty pleasure, yeah. Um, yeah, no, actually, no, I'll say my guilty pleasure actually is, well, is Taco Bell, which is not so guilty. I may or may not have a gift card that someone gave to me, but there's no Taco Bell in the city, so I can't ever use it. That's because um, you've never had Del Taco. Now, I get in fights about this out here in California, but there's a... Bianca Del Taco Trio. Yes, what? there's a chain out here called Del Taco. It's not out anywhere outside the Southwest. And even outside okay. of L.A., it's kind of rare. Like, I know that uh, my co-host on my other show, Mike Lawson, misses Del Taco, and there's only one in the Bay Area. Because I just feel like, okay, maybe you can have an argument about whose tacos are better, but you have more variety of choices at Del Taco, plus they have amazing French fries, and I'm going to tell you something, their burger is not bad, it's actually pretty good, the Double Del. Thank you, go on. Hmm. So Taco Bell, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's not really, I don't, I don't say guilty pleasure, because I don't have a guilt about Son it. Son of a bitch. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's I'm gross. Wait, I, I just Wait. <laughs> Oh no, I'm I'm feeling it now. Trust me, it's it's had to slow down. We all have been there. I can eat chicken McNuggets from now to the end of time and keep my 32 inch waist. Oh, I don't think I can eat it. I I, I mean I can, but I certainly can. I ask Taylor an embarrassing it. question, Evan. I'm not telling you my waist size. No, I'm not. Gonna... Okay. How did we even go there? <laughs> that we were, that wasn't even the question. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ask me the embarrassing I am a 32. question. Uh, you are a 32. I don't like him anymore. Can but that, but this is but this is going to my question here. This is going to my question. All right, because Taylor likes him a chunky guy, like a stocky guy. Correct, Taylor? Stocky. stocky. I like stocky. I like I like thick. How many? How many? How much Chick Fil A would Evan need to eat for you to be like, oh, look at Evan here? Evan Evan looks like he is fit. Hmm. Um. I don't, I don't. Evan Evan is young. Evan is too young for me. I take the stairs sometimes. I'm no hero. <laughs> So you don't, uh, you don't have no. I don't like you and like you all at the same time, Evan, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> he's, you know what? He's trying too hard. Here we go. Next into the room, <laughs> Chad Michaels. Happy Hunger Games, bitches! Ah! 
speaking of triangular arms. All right. And the Hunger Games don't stop on this fucking... And, and untucked, he goes to the Hunger Games again. It's like he walked in with, like, I'm, I'm going to bring up the Hunger Games. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like if I was, like, you know, like 10 years ago, I'm like, I'm going to talk about Gossip Girl. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, okay, Taylor. What, what show is that? Oh, you, saw, you know what Gossip Girl I'm is. Kidding, All right. I'm kidding. Your life is Gossip Girl. All right, Taylor, your thoughts on Chad Michaels. Well, it's a shame that he probably won't go very far this season. <laughs> it's It sucks. It, it's, you know, if only they gave him a platform because they recognized that he probably maybe should have been <laughs> gotten an award of some kind. So if only they created a whole show around the fact that he could get it. I, you could have Chad made Michaels the argument, is- though, for Raven. You could have made the argument for Raven. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I I'm saying that facetiously because I know that's been a long-standing thing of that where they pretty much made it so that he could get the crown because he was the seasoned queen of season four. Um, Chad is Chad is to me. I don't dislike Chad. Mm-hmm. I I don't get excited when I see Chad on the screen, but it's it it is what it is. All right. I don't really have a lot to say about Chad. Evan. Yeah, I think. He, uh, yeah, I, again, I'm not very exciting to comment on your point, like not getting excited about seeing, seeing Chad Michaels. Chad Michaels was just here in DC last weekend and it's not always that we get like drag race girls here. And like, I really didn't even like for a second, like have an inkling, inkling to like go to this event that she was going to be at. Um, like, I think she's very talented and very, like, you know, mm-hmm. very established and very polished, but it was, I mean, you could tell that like she walking into it, she was, she had this and I, it made it unexciting, but like she was. What's what I'm looking for here? Yeah, she looked great when she walked in, and she had that whole little moment with like the earpiece being, you know, like, "Oh, it's Sharon." What if that was dumb. It yeah. was dumb, but like, you know, she was. I mean, she was new to the sh- like, you know, season four. I think she was smart to do that in some degree. Next in the workroom, Manila Luzon. See, this is how you do drag, girls. <laughs> you know. That was kind of a cunty thing to say, but I kind of loved her look a lot. I love it. She wasn't, wasn't wrong. She wasn't no. wrong. I know someone in the on their confessional was saying how uh, I think it was it wasn't uh, Alexis Mateo was saying like Manila's obnoxious or something, but it was like yeah, she was annoying. Yeah, she's yeah. annoying. And I'm like, uh, she's kind of right though. Like she really did work the look coming into that workroom. Um, Evan, what were your thoughts on Manila Luzon? So when I first, the first season of Manila was on, when I first watched it, I, I was so obsessed with Raja that I didn't really give her a chance, like kind of, aside from that lip sync being so good, I didn't really appreciate how, not just talented, but how like, just good she was, you know? And so I think rewatching this and rewatching All-Stars 1, I think she was kind of cunty and she's obviously very talented and she knows that. Um, I would imagine that she really is very annoying, but I just, I think she has some of the more iconic looks from the earlier seasons. And I think she definitely deserved to be there. I think she is again, one of those Queens that I would love to see brought back Mm -hmm. because I think she deserves to be on a a better season. And I think that she has a lot more. She has, I think she's good television because she's kind of obnoxious and she's got this great storyline with Sahara and, you know, Oh God, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And yeah, they bring her up on this. and, And so I think she's, you know, she's got, she talks about, at some point about, you know, her being closeted. I think, I think she's a very interesting character, but she's also just, I mean, she turns looks and she, like, I've, I've never once seen her like not been relatively blown away. Taylor Vellante, boy, your thoughts on Manila Luzon? 
Once again, I have to agree with our our new friend here. I, I think that she has a very distinct style to her. She has a she has a very distinct look, which is why. And I know that it is often very steeped in pop culture, where she does a lot of stuff with things related to like Sesame Street or fast food. I mean, she does. She has like a Ronald McDonald type look that's all about French fries and stuff that I remember from early on when you first started seeing her. So she's somebody that you're constantly wanting to see. Okay, what is it? What's what is the next thing that she's going to tackle? Um, I don't remember her being as cunty. I always remember her as being, or if she was, she was a likable cunty. Um, I know there was that whole thing with the boogers versus the heathers from her season, and uh, you know what, it, whatever. But I, I, I again, seminal lip sync. I would have to say that is probably my all time favorite lip sync. Yeah, it's definitely up there. And she's yeah. almost, and I think she's she's campy, but it's not. It's like it's a it's a degree, it's a type of camp, but I, it's it's. A, there's you know a I mean? there's a refinement to it. Yeah, there, there, it's, there, there, there's, it's a very I don't want to say nuanced, refi- campy, but there's something where she because she goes real, she somehow manages to go real big, especially with some of the crazy like crossing her eyes and stuff, but mm-hmm. still manages to where it's not out of control. It's big, but still in control. Yeah, I agree. Next into the workroom, Mimi. I'm first. Life is like a paycheck. A generous figure is always nice. Right was somebody throwing holy water what the fuck was that (laughs) taylor your thoughts on mimi i'm first i hated mimi i'm first in her season i absolutely hated mimi i'm first that being said this episode there's part of me that felt a little bad for her a little bad more so on untucked than this let Mm -hmm. me let me put it that way um she reminded me very much of someone that joe and i know that I did not realize just how much of that need for attention and that need to be the center of things. I'm trying to think um, of who you're talking about. Uh, there's even some physical similarities. Okay. Um, so, yeah, she's somebody that I, I I would have liked to have seen more from. I don't do I expect it to have been All Star season one winner is Mimi I first no, but I think that had they not had this, there might have been some some differences. Yeah, Evan, your thoughts on Mimi I first. So my first thought was you guys you guys know like the story of her drag name because it took me a while to get it. It's apparently like a, a like something it's like a bathhouse reference like oh Mimi I'm first like but getting like gang raped oh i just thought it was i just thought it was like kids going me me i'm first i didn't know yeah that's sort of i didn't know the apparently it's like when you like it's like oh pick me let me go first but then i was like oh it's funny me me i'm going home first um (laughs) she i think she got the raw end of the deal here because she was paired with someone who was not wanting to be with her i actually really like me me i'm first and i think she is because she's so it's kind of that thing about drag race being a great show for like artists or entertainers but not always great for drag queens i think she's a great drag queen but not great for drag race um she's apparently like super like a big like she like is still very prominent in like the new york scene and has she's very successful in that and that um i just don't think she really got a fair shot uh that moment where she walks in and, and latrice is like screaming liza minnelli um apparently comes from she like got cast like last minute for this which is probably what we're talking about willem and she had just seen Latrice like a couple days before, apparently. And they were talking about how, like, you know, they both were like BSing that they were booked for something else. And so when they walked in, they were both shocked to see each other. 
but yeah, I I think that in this cast of people, she probably like shouldn't have been there. But I mean, not to be that someone had to go home first, and I think that was their. Well, okay, and the thing <sighs> talking about the talent that she has, one not long after she was off the show, she did a song with a girl group called XL, called um, Queen. And the video for it pretty much has most of All Star season one in it, where they're all dancing okay. in it. It's 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 actually it's a really good song. Um, it's and called Queen. It's called Queen by XL. It's X E L L E, and she does the rap in it. Um, but the video is such that I remember thinking, well, they all. This was like the first time that like the veil was really pulled back for me because I'm thinking. Well, they all made fun of her. They all pretty much said that she was worthless, but they're all performing in her. Why are they all performing in her video? Like it's, it's like, and like Pandora box, it's like Pandora box, Raven, Jujubee, Yara, Tammy Brown, and like Fifi O'Hara is randomly in it too. So, and there's even a video that talks about the making of the video where they were all performing in a club together. And then they had them like lip syncing to a song standing on a box. It's, it's, Watch it. It's 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 an interesting video. Yeah, check it out. But um, yeah. So I I think that there is some definite talent there, and there is some drive. But I think the drive gets in the way of recognizing the room. Like we just mm-hmm. we're we're in that like Mimi, I'm first kind of thing of where we're where we're cra- grabbing and clawing to something, and not realizing that as we're doing that, we're elbowing other people in the way. In a, I don't know. It, it's just she's she she's somebody that I would have liked. T- I would be curious if she would ever come back for another season, just for another all-star season, just to see what could be done with that. She also did, I want to say, the roast for Bianca Del Rio. So funny. That is hysterical. That is so funny. Joe, have you seen that? No. I've heard about it. I read that that it's funny. It is it is absolutely worth watching. She yeah. is outrageous. Yeah. Well, you know, one I, that's the thing where I do think Mimi on first gets a bad uh, a really definition of a bad edit. Maybe she's not right for the show because one she is the first queen. I think she's a very smart businesswoman. She's the first queen to think, hey, we could do something with these bitches outside of the show. And she started Battle of the Seasons. And when she was the producer of the show, obviously she got her a slot on the show, and then. Somehow she invited the devil in and had uh, P.E.G. come in and co-run it with her. I think they made a deal with her. And then they kicked her off. So she's since started another one. I can't remember what it's called, but it's actually very successful as well. Uh, It's the same concept. But she's the one that first started the concept of these live shows with the queens that had been on Drag Race. Two, I've seen her several times on different finales, and she's always really funny. She was the one who, in one of the questions, I don't know if it made it to the actual show, but it may have, where... Uh, she told RuPaul, if you can't hate yourself, how are you going to hate somebody else? You know, she kind of flipped it. And she had really, really, really good quotes. Uh, and so I know she's very, very funny. And I think she gets sort of a, a bad rap. Not because, he, yeah. and we'll get to it when we get to Untucked, but I don't know if necessarily Untucked is necessarily the best depiction of truth, especially this one. Let's- this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do? For an extra hour in the day. I'll tell you, I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz, you know, wrote things. And then it seems now that I podcast, which is a, a, a great creative outlet, by the way, I just write less. And well, I do write a lot, 
I just, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less, I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever is coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. Let's move on now to Nina Flowers. All right, Evan, your thoughts on Nina Flowers? Nina Flowers. Um, I my first thought was I thought about Sasha Vlorn, the bald queen. Um, I don't really. I, I feel like Nina Flowers is. I think Chad Michael said she's a legend and she's like super. So to my point about loving like the season of being super diverse, I love that there are so many like has, like Latin queens on this series and they're all so unique in their own way. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, don't. I'm not obsessed with her, and I maybe it's because I just don't really follow. I didn't follow season one as closely, and I don't really know much about her now. I think that visually, she was she's like very outstanding, and it's just like is she's got her own thing going, but. I don't know. I she was probably my least favorite queen of the season, or the one that I was least excited to see. And I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not crazy about Miss Brown Miss Flowers. Taylor, your thoughts on Nina Flowers? I respectfully disagree with the gentleman from Washington D.C. There's something. Don't talk about our president like that. (laughs) Okay, the lady from Washington D.C. How about that? Um, Don't talk about Kellyanne Conway like that. Uh, there is something iconic about Nina Flowers that that just to to look at her. That, now, granted, the outfit she walked in was not her best look, but the 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 braid that she wore with like kind of the bald with the braid on top for her season that that was kind of an iconic look for her, and the hair she wears in the runway and something about her eyes where those contacts where it's almost like they're all blacked out except for the eyes. There's something I, I, I can't not look at her when she is on the screen and as a girl as a boy she's horrifying but as as a as a queen In context correct lazy eye uh, <laughs> i don't know um, I but she's I, I i i i forgot she was on the season and when she walked in i was like oh, nita flowers is here okay excellent i'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with my co-host from tampa florida I do not get Nina Flowers. I've never gotten Nina Flowers. I find her jarring to look at. Jarring Sophia to look at. 
Like, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't, there's some, I don't see it as either beautiful or envelope pushing. I've never understood the obsession with Nina Flowers. It's just, it's like, it's not androgynous, but it's not, it's, it's this weird, like, line of just. Yeah, it's really know. kind of the first sort of gender fuck from Drag Race because she's definitely she has she's in season mass. one. I mean, she has, huh? She's from season no, one I mean, of of from season one yeah. all the way through. As far as when you have some of the other ones that kind of play with gender, she is really the first one because on her season, her season was primarily very fish. You know, even Angina mm. with being bald, she was still the, the way she was was very fish whereas nina seemed to play more with constructs and ideas and stuff that kind of pulled it wasn't total feminine there was also some masculinity to it so in that regards she's she's fascinating plus i know she's also a very successful dj and she's somebody that is just i think that the children know who nina flowers is whereas mm-hmm. they don't necessarily know who you know uh, uh I'm trying to think of one of the uh, rebecca glasscock is That's from fair. season one she, I was thinking, like, she kind of reminds me, like, she looks like someone, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, she was those people, she was like, I'm, you know, the person who, like, turned in, like, they've, like, transitioned to being a lizard. Yeah. Like, if she just, like, she, like, that's the kind she of She kind of her. looks like that guy. Uh, that's what I'm seeing I would I see actually, her. I'm going to take that, I'm going to switch it. She looks like a lizard that's in the middle of transitioning to a human. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. All right, next into the workroom, Jujubee. I feel a little underdressed. <laughs> I look like I work at the mall. Compared to you guys. All right, Taylor, your thoughts on Jujubee? I love Jujubee. I love Jujubee so much. Jujubee is one of my all-time favorite performers, and that statement alone is why I love her. Where she says, "I look like I work at the mall," and she did, and it's totally okay because she because she's also I think the most passable out of everybody there she's the one that looks most like a a naturally born lady and she's beautiful and she's funny and she's talented as fuck and again she is somebody that deserved to be on the first season of all stars evan airs your thoughts on jujubee i could not agree more i think jujubee has this she she's one of my favorite queens like of and from the entire franchise and I think she is she has this awareness where she can say I feel like I look I look like I work at the mall, but she has her person I feel like something you say to someone who's like really ugly you have a great personality, but like it really carries her through that I don't mm-hmm. think that Juju B is like particularly like memorable like nothing she ever wears or none of her looks are like you know iconic but or no one's like ever like oh like she's such an amazing drag queen but visually, um, but I think she is absolutely hilarious i think she's one of she's i think made the, that reading challenge i think she made that memorable and you know is your barbecue canceled you girls <laughs> fucked. That was fucked like so good um i love big dicks and fried chicken and long walks on the beach like i mean she 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 is a walking soundbite and i think that if you google if you google drupal's drag race like gifs or gifs like she comes up so much and i think she is inherently just a very like hilarious character and like the fact that her name is airline i can't like it's so good her name is airline yeah she talks about how like when her family immigrated to the u.s like they didn't speak any english and they had to like like at the border they had to like you know give her an american name and all they could spell all they could spell was airline from like the trip oh so her her actual name is airline her actual name is airline yeah she talks about it on the finale 
the one thing that I remember about her season talking about this, you know, I think a word to describe her would be endearing. There's something very endearing about GGB. And I remember during the workroom um, where Rue would do the walkthrough in the workroom, she was the first person that I remember where RuPaul would say, hi, GGB. She was going, hi, Mama Ru. And she said it in such a way that it was just so endearing and just seemed so genuine that you couldn't not fall in love with her because she just seemed very much of the I'm here. I'm here to have a good time. I want to win, but I'm enjoying this experience. And that's I, that is somebody I want to watch. I don't want to watch Pandora Box pout for 45 minutes. Yeah. All right. Next into the workroom, Joe's personal favorite, Tammy Brown. Tootsie Lou! She says, <laughs> Evan. Tootsie, Tootsie who? Lou! Your thoughts on uh, Tammy Brown? So I have my thoughts on Tammy Brown are complicated because I I feel like so it's no secret that I'm obsessed with Survivor the reality show. Are you guys familiar with that? I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like a new thing. Oh. But rewatching this, Tammy Brown reminds me of my favorite one of my favorite contestants on the very first season. His name was Greg, and he was like this quirky, weird character that like. But his whole thing was, like, he kind of, like, mocked production the whole time. And he, like, knew what was going on. He was, like, way more, like, I'm very aware of, like, you know, what was happening. And so he he was kind of memorable and being kind of kooky. But he knew it, he knew that it was it was all an act. And I feel like Tammy Brown is that f- character for me. And that at, the, at first I didn't really appreciate, I didn't really understand it. And I still don't understand it. But I think watching it again, like, she absolutely knows what she's doing. And I love that she is so crass and her, like, you know, if she doesn't like a critique that she's given or she doesn't, you know, feel that something is justified, she is, she'll, she'll lash out to Michelle. She'll like talk back to RuPaul. Do you guys remember, um, season one, like the reunion? Oh yeah. Yes. There's that whole spiel. Where, Walking like, in nature with children. Yeah. RuPaul literally like yells at her and is like, you know, I forgot what he says, but like he rarely ever curses, let alone like breaks this like stoic character. So I thought that the fact that she even came back after like clearly like being this like defiant you know character on Drag Race season one was interesting. Um, she's just so compelling, and she's there's something like, you. I mean, they they mentioned it on the runway too, but I could literally watch her. Like I feel like I see people outside you know my apartment like asking for change. I like have that same little jiggle and joggle, but like she's just so interesting, and I could watch her do anything. Taylor, eh, really? Huh? I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. She, she, as a licensed mental health clinician, she's fascinating to watch. Yeah. I'm trying to diagnose her the whole time I'm watching it. She's, she has, a, she has a very distinct look. Um, she has a very distinct style, and I, I think that she, there's something mentally wrong with her. But, but also, she is fun to watch, and I think that I think Evan is right. I think she is on in on the joke to some degree, but. I would be curious as to the backstory as how that persona was created because she's I think a lot of drugs. Yeah. I I think a lot of drugs and probably as much as she, she strikes me very much as a sad clown that's there to make everybody laugh and to be there to entertain. But she just strikes me as somebody that may not be as happy as everybody assumes that she is. Does anybody assume she's happy? Well, I mean, because she's with that crazy, the crazy kooky, hey, everybody, you know, I, crazy I don't know. Crazy sticks to me like ribs, like, 
Yeah, I don't think she. I don't. Is she trying to exude happiness, or is she just trying to exude like whatever the heck comes through? I don't know what. Well, okay. So there, there's an energy where people. I mean, you know, the whole "we'll teleport us to Mars" and all that kind of stuff is is that's not something that somebody lucid would say. I don't know. I just, she she's somebody that I'm very like. I I get why she was on her season on All Stars one. I get that because she was definitely one of the big personalities that rose to the top. I, I, it is not, she is to me very much like Alyssa Edwards in that people love Alyssa Edwards and people eat up Alyssa Edwards with a spoon. And while I can appreciate why people like her, it's not for me. It's not my taste. Tammy Brown is the same thing. After the girls exchanged pleasantries, RuPaul entered the workroom to reveal the season's surprise twist. Now, my dears, on your own, none of you were able to reach the top. So this time around, you'll need to add an S to your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. And the S stands for synergy. That's right. Starting today, you'll be competing as teams of two. O-M-G. The girls were teamed up as follows. Shada Sofia and Alexis Mateo were now Team Yarlexis. Tammy Brown and Nina Flowers were now Team Brown Flowers. Latrice Royale and Manila Luzon were now Team Latrilla. Chanel and Chad Michaels were now Team Shad. Raven and Jujubee were now Team Rujubee, and Pandora Box and Mimi I'm First were now Team Mandora. After the teams were made, RuPaul announced this week's main challenge. For your first all-star challenge, you'll be producing your own high-fashion photo spread. The first photo, half-baked. The two of you in mid-transformation. No tea, no shade, oh, and no wig. Second, opposites attract. A wet and wild photo that shows what makes your duo dynamically different. Oh, and one last detail. You'll be doing each other's makeup. So, ladies, check your trust issues at the door. All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts. This is where we're going to, we're not going to really go into, we're, we're, after this, we're not going to really go into the challenges or anything. So if you have any thoughts about the challenges, uh, who was in them, how they performed, please share with it all right now. Taylor the Latte Boy, go. I hated the idea when they announced prior to the season starting that they were going to be in teams. I hated that idea, primarily because I got used to a season being about 14 episodes. And I knew this was going to be six, and it made me sad because I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch a whole season, um, and I don't. Th- I don't think it's fair. The whole if one person's lousy, it drags the other person down. I. I it's just not something that I liked. Um, as far as the challenge goes, I liked the. As I said in the beginning, I liked the photo half baked challenge. Uh, I liked particularly, even though it's clear Pandora is teched out. The energy that Mimi gave off in that picture is pretty incredible. And I thought the picture of Alexis and Yara was fierce. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful picture of the two of them. Um, that's really kind of, I, the, the thing where they're standing in the black rain. I, I that was dumb to me. Evan Ayers, your thoughts on the challenges? 
Yeah, I felt like this challenge was so anticlimactic for like an all star season in general. I I feel like it's. I would imagine as a contestant, it was very difficult. Them talking about you know us doing our own, each other's makeup and like the actual like the taxing like bit of actually executing the challenge was probably very demanding. Um, but I just felt like it was kind of boring or it seemed like something that would be like, you know, in a very early season of like America's next top model or something that it just didn't seem like fitting for like, it didn't really set the stakes high enough, I think for what now I think of as being like an all-star season of this show. I, first of all, I think when I hear RuPaul say no tea, no shade, I like can't not hear Jasmine masters. And I was waiting for no pink lemonade, which is upsetting. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, it was, I thought visually, I, I agree that I don't think it's fair that they were paired together. And I don't, I don't think it's fair that, you know, you know, if you mess up, then we're, we're all going home. I, I don't know if, do, do you guys think that they knew that that was like, did they know that when going into that it was going to be a six episode series? The girls series? knew it was a six episode series, but they thought it would be double eliminations. Okay. Well, technically it was. Yeah, but they didn't, but they didn't, but I think they thought it would be like, Still, there'd be independence involved. Yeah, I just think it's a, I just think it, it was just a bummer. And it's, I, don't know, I, I think it made it more stressful than fun for them, I would imagine. And yeah, I just, I, the challenge was not as original. It wasn't, I visually, I mean, I'm sure I liked, I actually liked Mimi's and, um, and Pandora's photos a lot. And I thought that if anyone deserved to go home for their, how bad their, their performance. I actually thought Chad and Chanel's was were terrible, and they definitely deserved to be in the bottom too. Well, the weird uh, neck prosthetic thing that yeah, I didn't get that. I mean, yeah, being on the chopping block, but they didn't really do anything to like you know cons- visually show that, except having you know neck marks. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, um, and I'm sure again, I'm sure it was very difficult and very interesting, but like that just didn't convey well on TV to me. I don't think. I want to touch on. Uh... Uh, and I'm glad you guys both said this, uh, Pandora and Mimi's picture. I thought that could have been in a magazine. Like, yes, the photographer was very good. The half-baked? The, the, the pic of Mimi and Pandora, it, to me, so captured them uh, and sort of their relationship. And I thought it was a really, really good picture. That was the um, half-baked, right? Yeah. Yes. I thought that was a really good picture. I really liked it. Oh, they did do hookers, to your yeah. point about there being hooker talk. Yeah. Okay. The housewife and hooker. And so... Uh, but 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 what you guys are saying is speaks to sort of my problem. I think and I, I imagine this will be the whole season as well. But this episode, you know, encapsulates it, which is All Stars One felt like an afterthought. It felt like Logo said we want more Drag Race, and RuPaul begrudgingly gave them shitty six episodes that they threw together trying to fit the paradigm of the old show and we're just going to squeeze the old show into six episodes so we always do a photo shoot the first episode we always do this rather when i think with all stars 2 they step their pussies up and it's a different show you know all stars 2 it's even it's even weird to consider it the same show as RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a different show, and I think All Stars Three will continue the same trend. Where, but ironically, though, you figure All Stars Two, the challenges were the favorite challenges that we've had. We they had Snatch Game, mm-hmm. they had you know the Reading Challenge, they had all that stuff that they did it almost all immediately. Whereas you're right, they always do a photo challenge when they're first getting together with everybody. 
on each of the but seasons, it's a mini challenge. The early it's seasons. Not... But yeah, it's a mini challenge that they made into a full challenge. Well, what's funny is they – it speaks to what you and I spoke about privately, Taylor, which is the same thing. And it, it, where All-Stars 2 still feels like a, a different show. It still feels like a different show to me. I don't know why. But what you're saying, though, speaks to what my problem with the show is. And it shows you if Season 5 changed this. Season 5 uh, – and it could have started with Season 4. But Season 5 definitely changed this where they started to realize – Oh, wait a minute. Somebody can be a star in the confessionals and make great television, but not necessarily have to have the strongest looks. And I think up until All Stars, not up until All Stars 1, I think you still see it in season five, but All season All Stars 1 shows you the bad side of it is where they just packed it with looks, 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 but they made for boring television. Look at the people who are on this show, except for Tammy Brown, or Mimi I'm first. Pandora Box is boring television. Latrice Royale, I love her, and she's actually pretty good television. But Jara Sophia, great looks, boring television. Chanel is boring television. Raven, I think, is mildly boring television. Alexis, Chad Michaels, God bless him, is a professional drag queen, but he is boring. Uh, Manila Luzon, I think, is boring television. Like, they, they bring it on the runway. All these queens bring it on the runway, but you don't have the snappiness of Adore Delano. You don't have the snappiness of Katya. You don't have the snappiness uh, of Bob the Drag Queen. You don't have the people who tell the story through the confessional. And you kind of get that in season five, you know, but you don't have someone with Alyssa. You don't have someone who's telling the story of the show through the confessional, and that's why the show feels heavy, and it feels leaden, and it's boring. It's boring to watch, even though we'll get to the looks right now. I'm sure you guys will deconstruct the looks to death, but and I'm sure the looks are great. I don't know. But the people that want they're, they're boring to watch. They're boring. They're good at what they do, and that's it. And there was a lot of time spent. I noticed there's a, 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 a exceptional, a weirdly amount of time spent on the workroom chats with Rue. Like normally, they don't always show him like talking to everyone when they're going through it. I think they talked to everybody, and it was just like uninteresting, like bits of like you know interview. It was, it was all the same. No one was it was it wasn't compelling. Well, the problem is there's two. The problem is twofold. One, going back to what I said, it's boring television. Two. Uh, they didn't have a lot of footage. They didn't. They needed more footage. And three, it's a supersized episode. You can tell it's ten minutes longer than a usual episode. So usually they're forty-three right, it minutes. Was fifty-one minutes. It's fifty-one minutes. So they clearly promoted it as like an, a supersized episode of the show. And so we're seeing all like stuff that would have made the cutting room floor. They were just packing it in because not only that, it just wasn't terribly interesting. And they are like, shit, we have to make a fifty-one minute episode, and it's boring. The episode, if you guys are just depending on our on our recap. Don't want it's the episode is boring. It is so boring. Am I wrong here? The episode is boring. No, it's boring. Yeah. Do you think the episode's boring? I think it's boring. It's more boring than Pod is my co-pilot. Moving on. Hey, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> While most of the queens were happy with their pairings, Pandora Box seemed to be a little troubled with her partner. All right. Now here's my question: Are you unhappy that I'm your partner, or are you feeling guilty? That you didn't pick me. Uh, oh, well. Girl, you can tell like it is. I do not care, honey. Do you feel boogered? Like you were like last pick for the team? Yeah. Girl, you were not last pick for the team. Well, Mimi did pick me. I just didn't pick her. <laughs> During the table visit with RuPaul, the tension between Mimi and Pandora was palpable. 
you know, there's definitely some differences in our styles, which has been interesting, especially while painting each other's faces. Specifically what? Specifically not giving me, like, clown lips. <laughs> Why do you think the universe has paired you two together? I'm glutton for punishment. During the photo shoots, the girls had seemingly put their troubles behind them. But on Elimination Day, Pandora seemed withdrawn and Mimi was bothered by the tension. How are you doing? I'm doing good. No, I just want to talk to you because I just, I, I'm sensing resistance. My resistance was just thinking they were going to hold past things against you because your exit on the show wasn't like, you know, Girl, I know. controversial. I know. So I just didn't want that associated with you. I just want you to be on my team with me as much as I'm on the team with you. I am. Okay, now, Evan, we already kind of know your thoughts here, but what are your thoughts here on the storyline between Mimi and Pandora? I have a feeling Pandora is going to take it in the butt right now. Take it in the butt. Mm-hmm. In the box. They all? Oh, God. Um, here's my problem with her. I just thought of this. On the runway, she's like justifying like their look, and she goes, Well, me and Mimi are these two campy queens. And so, like, you know, it just happens that we had this, or like she was talking about how like they have these similar styles, or whatever. And so for her to say, Oh, we're two of these these two campy queens, and then say that she can't work with her, or that, you know, like she was so unwilling to acknowledge um that they both have something in common. I think she was so afraid of being associated with someone like Mimi who no one else, apparently like watching Untucked, they didn't feel like Mimi deserved to be there. And maybe she felt like that made her f- seem inferior. Uh, it was very frustrating because they did. I thought that their, their challenge performance was actually great. And I actually loved their runway look. I mean, I get the whole, like, you know, her, her, the coverage of her, like weight loss, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just, I don't think she just, I don't think she responded well to the pressure of this. And it was, it's sad because she's very like interesting and talented, but it was not not a good look for her. Taylor Filate boy, your thoughts on the storyline between Mimi and Pandora? Yeah, I I think that when you add that you're the la- you are the last one picked and you're kind of picked by default True. with the unpopular girl, I think that we have at various times all had to do something with somebody in school or somebody at work that we kind of thought, oh god, this is going to be a nightmare. Um, but then you put on your big girl pants and you do it and you, and you give it 110%, especially when there's, you do it. Yeah. Especially when you have a hundred thousand dollars on the line and you know, this isn't, this is an opportunity for, this could have been an opportunity for Pandora to say genuinely, not the weird untucked forced thing where magically they're both wearing, you know, mics standing out in the middle of the parking lot that they didn't have on before where you say you know what we're the underdogs let's show these bitches how two campy queens can do it and do it right and win get to the top where we can win a hundred thousand dollars but she got so stuck in that cycle and so 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 stuck in her head that she's just she's miserable to look at when you look at her all the time you're like oh my god you just get over it do something sickly yeah yeah yeah. Like, did you choose to be here or? But you know, you're making the point of why Chad Michaels probably deserved to be the winner because I feel as much as we think Chad's boring television. Well, I do. Chad, if Chad were paired with Mimi, I'm first, 
Chad would have fucking been like, you better step your fucking pussy up, bitch, and we are going to do this, and we are going to win. She wouldn't yeah. have been like, she would have just like, all right, this is what, you know, the curveball thrown at me. I'm doing it with Mimi I'm first. Um, I don't know how Raven would have reacted, but I don't think she would have shut down. She would have just bullied Mimi I'm first into <laughs> doing what she wanted. But I think... Push her into a corner with a lit cigarette and into her face. Yeah. Look, hon, yeah. this is what Listen, we're doing, yeah. bitch. Um, <laughs> you ain't picking me up and doing shit. There's a part, and we'll get to it on talk, where she sounds so like a producer has her earpiece in, like feeding Raven what to say. But um, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the exact line. And uh, I feel Chad would have, yeah, shows you that Pandora really was Pandora really was the sort of dead weight here. She thinks it was Mimi, but it was really, really her. And so that's the thing with T- Mimi and Pandora. Anyone else have anything to say about Mimi and Pandora? Hmm. All right, let's move on to um, Tammy Brown. Our time with her is so limited, and I love her so much. Can we just play some clips? Sure. Hey, Latrice, if you want to sit around and eat shrimps butt naked, that's your business. Tammy Brown is kooky. That's just sad. She's crazy. I'm from Planet 15. We have two moons. Really? Tootie was having sex with all the busser boys. She liked the way their hands smelt like trash. I cured my grandmother! I'm just having a groovy time, and I'm happy that I picked Miss Nina Flowers. (laughs) Si, me gusta mucho. That means I like it a lot in Spanish. (laughs) Okay. Taylor, do you have any thoughts on Tammy Brown and her time on... She's nuts. She's nuts. (laughs) Evan? There's something off. There's something off, but like, I cured my grandmother is so like, maybe because I was just with my grandma this weekend. I like imagining me like curing her macular degeneration. Um, I, I don't know. What is, what is her, what is, what, what is she for real? Like, like, what do you love so much about her, Joe? I think she is for real. I, I've seen other videos of her on YouTube where she's talking to friends or, or she has friends and she just seems to move in that very, I think she lives in Long Beach out here in a very artsy community version where she just hangs out with a lot of like crazy, weird, failed artists and they just have this weird, kooky vision on life. And in a weird way that I think she sees the world for what it really is and just laughs at it. But I do think, look, I don't think she's 100% all there, but I almost wonder if her her reality is probably more the reality than really what we all believe. That makes sense. She does see, she, she does seem to have a sense to find a sense of humor in all of it. And so I think, I think there's something refreshing about it. Do we do we know? Does she have a, a day job aside from drag? Um, I think she. I don't know what it is. I feel like she's talked about it at some point, but I don't know what it is. Curious to hear that. All right, so now it's time for the looks. We're going to turn it over for the last time for a while to Taylor the Latte Boy. Okay, so um, do both of you have the looks open? I have the looks open, Taylor. Okay, I do as well. All right, so. The first look that I have in my list is actually – we're just going to go individually even though they were paired. Um, the first look is Manila Luzon who was Tinky Winky in a Teletubbies-inspired outfit with an iPad on her stomach showing her latest video, Hot Couture. Um, I love the idea of her and Latrice as Teletubbies. thought it was a very cute look. I'd give the looks as a whole, I would give the idea a toot. We'll get to the boot later. But how about you, Evan? What do you think? 
the conceptually, I thought it was great. I love that um, she literally aren't they are they allowed to have iPads? Like, I don't know where she got that from or how she they okayed that. Oh, that's um, a good point. Yeah, like because they can't. Well, I guess they don't have internet. It doesn't. I was going to say they don't have internet because a lot of them yeah. talk about how they bring porn, so that right. probably is the how they watch it. Um, and I ju- I'm just now realizing why Tammy Brown says, "Come on, tell Tubby teleports to Mars," because she's probably looking at them. <laughs> and, uh, You're did, just you guys, figuring that out now. I just thought, but I mean, Tammy Brown says those absurd things anyway. Like, I, like I, I wouldn't have surprised me anyway. Um, no, I think it's very. I, I think Manila definitely like executes it a little better. But no, she looks good. What's right. the Joe? What do you think? Toot. Oh yeah, toot. Sorry, that's okay. I tell a, I tell a toot. All right. All right. So next we have Juju B, who is doing. Um, I guess they they are doing an ode to Chicago at this point, and she definitely has kind of the '30s mall thing with the fascinator in her hair, and um, I love her face and her hair and the fascinator. The outfit to me, the red stockings, I I don't get. Um, I, I from the neck up, she's a toot. From the neck down, she's a. Uh, from the waist down, she's a boot. I like the I like the top, the bra kind of sticking through. But Joe, what do you think, toot or boot? Boot. All right, Evan. Yeah, I think it's a boot. It's not. I agree. It's the. the the color of the leggings are distracting. She looks yeah. great. Like her face is beautiful, but it's, it's very kind of pedestrian at this point. Ooh, pedestrian. Speaking of pedestrian, we have Alexis Mateo <laughs> doing her best eighties mall queen realness. Um, she's wearing kind of a t-shirt dress with big flare ups on the side and a bunch of her pictures of her face that have been bedazzled. And she's got a crazy bump it updo. Uh, that being said, I like this look. I, I like how it looks, and I would give it a toot. Evan, what do you think? I give it a toot as well. I think she again, I was saying like the like, kind of tacky drag. Like, what's tackier than having a dress with like your name, like your face, like picture all over it? Um, I think her hair is kind of obnoxiously wonderful, and yeah, no, this is like what I expect of her, and I like it. Yeah, a bedazzled picture, bedazzled of your face. face. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that. Okay, so you're a toot as well. Big old toot. All right. Joe, I've been trying. I want to do this thing where I only say one word, but like the makeup's really harsh. Like, look at the middle of her chest and her, like, ugh. Oh wow! Wait. And her nose, yeah. Boot. Okay, but part of that could be this weird pink lighting too. Look, I, that's not my problem. It's a boot. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, yeah, because because all a lot of their makeups, especially with shading and stuff, is well. I almost wonder to go back. I wonder if Ruju because they're supposed to be like twins, right, or something like that, or like yeah, I, I, I forget the name of the theme. They're supposed to show their their synergy. Yeah, and Ruju B, Ruju Juju B has like uh, Raven's nose contour. Okay. Oh, she does. Let me go back. Oh, yeah. You're right. Okay. Well, speaking of Raven, uh, she is also doing her 30s gangster mall type look. And she is wearing all black with a platinum platinum uh, bob, for lack of a better word, uh, with almost with finger waves. And she looks fucking awesome. This is this is one of my favorite looks of the night. And I would definitely she's very sexy in this. And I would give her a toot. How about you, Joe? Toot or boot? Toot. All right, Evan. 
Yeah, I think she's super sexy. I like that face is just like I can't stop looking at it. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's like a very like if you look at it, there's nothing like super intricate or it's like rather probably very simple, but it's like coming on like Alexis like Mateo's like chest, like which looks like a burn victim. Like hers just her makeup skills are just so incredible. Like you can't, I've never seen her look bad. This yeah. is good. All right. So next up, we have Mimi. I'm first. And Mimi, I'm first is wearing a aqua and lime green thing that looks like it's made with like feather boas. Um, she has it wrapped around her waist and she has kind of big early 1980s Dolly Parton hair. Um, her lips <laughs> almost in this look. Am I wrong? No, no right. she's, that's uh, Evan, you know who and, Dolly Parton uh, is? Uh, yeah, she, um, she's like new, right? She's, she was just featured on the new Kesha album. I can't wait to hear new, her new stuff. So she also was wearing a lot of lime <laughs> green with feather boas and, um, I would agree. I love this color scheme. I, anybody that's been a long time listener to the show knows that I, I am a huge fan of color and especially bright neon colors. I agree that the, the, the Muppet around the waist definitely widens her. And if she had had this significant weight loss, um, she would want to do something to kind of show that off. And she failed in that regards. So I am going to give this a, a boot just because it's not, it's not doing her. This whole look is not doing her any favors. How about you, Evan? What do you think? So I agree with all that, but I'm going to give her a toot because I think they mentioned that this, them having her and Pandora having like kind of matching ensembles was kind of a coincidence. And so I think in their brain, they probably thought they were selling it more than they really were. But I think for someone who like is like super campy, like I kind of love the shoes. I love how it's, it's very much like tacky Mae West and I'm, I'm into it, but I can, I understand the criticism, but I, I think she is giving her best here. Okay. Joe. Boot. Okay. <laughs> it's pissing Taylor off so much. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, next up is her partner in crime, Pandora Box, who is also wearing a aqua and lime green Muppet ensemble. And of the two, I like this look much more. Um, I think that it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, and I am not hating her makeup skills in this one. Um, so for that, of I would definitely I would give her a toot. So Joe, what do you think, toot or boot? Toot. All right, and Evan. Yeah, definitely toot. This is better than anything I think she wore on season two for sure. And she I don't remember any of her looks on season two, which I guess speaks volumes. Yeah, her season two looks were very wet seal or like Ann Taylor Loft like outlet. It was this is this is definitely. She, for someone who claims to be a very campy queen, like this is the first time we're like, oh, you, like, it, it makes sense. And she looks great. Right. So next up we have Chanel and Chanel is wearing something Nothing. gold, uh, with, with, she's wearing a gold, uh, almost scaly dress with a large, uh, headdress that has feathers and has large, like spikes coming out of it. Very like. I kind of get a combination of something that would be very Asian inspired and also something very like Mayan or Incan with, with the, the looks with the gold and everything. Um, it's very pageant queen to me. That would be the best way to describe it. And I don't know that I necessarily love it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give this look a boot. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I, I understand what this is. Again, this is very much like old school, like, 
Vegas showgirl drag, and I appreciate that for what it is. I can't help but to look at this and think I'm looking at like pheromones, like grandmother. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just it's. I mean, it's. I'm sure it was expensive, and I'm sure that you know she f- couldn't hear a damn thing over that with that muff on her head. But yeah, I just it's 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 polished, but it's 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 almost to me. It's almost like I'm I'm doing drag. Like look at me. It's but it doesn't really say anything. It just like there's no sense to it. To me. I want to thank and you, I, Evan, for ruining Chanel for me because that is I will forever see Pheromone's grandmother now every time I say her. I, I mean, that's what it is. It, really. it makes sense. It totally makes sense. So, so I'm assuming that you're giving this look a boot. I yeah. All right, boot. Joe, toot or boot? It's a boot. But let me ask you a question because I actually feel when Pheromone does these Vegas looks, I feel she really pulls it off. So, what is Pheromone doing right that Chanel's not? Hmm. I feel Pheromone looks her right. best when she's doing these Vegas looks. Uh, <sighs> I guess there is okay. I would say with Pheromone, Chanel is very much of the, she walks in the room and she just assumes that everybody is looking at her. Whereas I think when Pheromone comes in, there is a naivete to Pheromone that makes her a little bit more endearing in that regards. Yeah. And I think Pheromone, like, I mean, this isn't a diss to her, but she's not that interesting. Like she's not, you know, she, she was not memorable in her season for being like a great personality or being like, I think Chad is like, so extra to the nth degree and also has this like kind of abrasive yeah chanel right chad oh i'm sorry chad um chanel has this like very like i think she's very abrasive and like her like being very cocky or whatever i just she's almost unlikable in that regards all right so next up we have tammy brown and tammy has an auburn uh Again, a lot of 30s-inspired hair here. That's kind of what I see with this. Very Madonna Express Yourself video. Evan, have you ever seen the Madonna Express Yourself video? Who? Uh, I know. I guess I have. Okay. I have seen it Okay, all right, good. Then you, you get to continue breathing. Okay, so <laughs> and she is in – it almost looks like where she's taken lingerie and has almost like a, like a, um, a bustier and a long, I'm going to say, leather or pleather dress – she looks amazing to me in this. This is a beautiful look for her. I'm not crazy about the eyebrows, but I know that's her thing. Um, but I would definitely give this look a toot. Joe, toot or boot? I'm going to give it a toot, actually. Yeah. I, I the the one Evan before I before I ask you the one thing I would say is that she definitely and this is going to sound weird because how thin she is, but she kind of has hog body that there's no cinching. Considering we just talked about season six, that would be my one critique of her. But I think her legs look great. I think the dress looks great. I love, love, love the hair with this. So Evan, go ahead. What do you think, Tudor Boot? Yeah, yeah, I total Tudor. I I like, kind of love this whole like like she kind of slept upside down and like it's only flattened on like this weird side of her. Like I don't I don't I don't understand this hairstyle, but I really like it. Um, she's super hot. I've actually never realized how like how attractive she is even in drag. Um, I love the dress. I think that. I kind of like that there's no real shape to it. She just kind of looks like a, a leather salamander <laughs> in that regard. Um, no, this is probably the best. I mean, she looks fantastic. Again, I don't really understand her brows, and I've never really noticed them until a few moments ago, but that's that's her shtick. And again, I think she's more of a, a queen that usually sells more of like the performance more than the look, but this is a rare occasion that I think she actually looks like someone who should be on the season. All right. So you hate it then is what you're saying. It's terrible. No, I really <laughs> I like know. it. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm indifferent. Okay. <laughs> um, so now we have Latrice Royale. And Latrice Royale is doing Poe. 
um, the Teletubby and as her teammate was uh, Tinky Winky. And looking at these pictures in particular, the first thing that came to mind was Fozzie Bear in drag. It's the outfit and the makeup are rough and not flattering in any way. Um, she does have good hair. I'll give her that. She has good hair, but the the, sh- the contouring and the shading on her face are troublesome. So I love Latrice, but I got to give this look a boot. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I was just thinking I'm I'm getting Kool Aid Man, <laughs> uh, and like she's lucky that she like she's paired with someone, so it made sense. And again, I thought Lat- I thought uh, Manila looked a lot better in this this theme, but yeah, this is definitely not one of her better looks, and. I don't know, maybe if she didn't have that, like, you know, the Teletubby halo, maybe it would look a little better. Maybe I wouldn't be so distracted by the idea of it, but the makeup is rough. And, yeah, it's it's not great. Not her best. Definitely a, a boot. All right. Joe, Tudor boot. Boot! All right. So, next up, we have Nina Flowers, who is keeping with the black long dress theme. I love this look. I love this look so much. It is so Elizabeth Taylor, 1985. These have always brought me luck, white diamonds. And it's it's just amazing. I love her eyes, and the hair is sickening. It's she she looks great. She looks very dated. I'll give you that. But this is an era. This is a time in fashion that I absolutely love. So I am giving this look a toot. This would be something that somebody might wear on Designing Women, Evan. Oh, good to know. I'm, I'm, I'll bookmark this. All right. So what do you think, toot or boot? I mean, I know I think it's I for me it's a definitely a toot, but I. It's nothing super special just because I don't, I guess I don't remember the 1980s. Um, he wasn't there. I, it's a very well executed. Her, her makeup looks great. Um, again, this is another one where I think being paired with Tammy, I think like complimented this look. I think if she were to, if she were to wear this now, I think she'd probably get read for it being very simple or like kind of if now on drag race, I think you expect so much out of these Queens that, um, I don't think this would be particularly memorable or like interesting, but in this situation, I think she looks fantastic. All right. Um, yeah. Joe, what do you think? Toot or boot? Toot. All right. So next up we have Yara Sofia, who is also, I didn't realize this until looking at the picture now. She has pictures of herself on her dress too. And she has that crazy yarn hair and chains in it. And she, uh, going to that sort of mall look, um, mall warrior, I guess you would kind of call this look. Um, this is also, you don't see this as much, but this was during a time where the, crazy contact lenses were definitely a bigger part of drag race and she has on these crazy blue pure blue eyes um that kind of take away from the rest of the look because the rest of the look is all like whites and blacks and pinks then you suddenly have these two blight bright blue dots in the middle um i'm gonna say something that may be controversial to the group i'm gonna give this look a boot i don't like it i don't like it at all i it's there's something about it that's just not appealing to me at all. And it might be the hair. I don't get the hair at all. Joe, what do you think? Boot or toot? Toot. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Are you just saying that to be problematic? Are you saying that to no. be problematic? I like it. I, I, don't, I don't get this, like, middle management at Hot Topic that, like... <laughs> Is like being demoted to. I I just yeah I agree that this is the the hair is very distracting in this regard and I don't kind of tacky whereas like Alexis Michelle I mean Alexis Mateo is like you know that's her thing but this just doesn't doesn't stand. It's interesting seeing these like them separated from their partners. Um, yeah, the hair is a lot. I don't I don't love her makeup looks gorgeous but 
yeah, it's just a little, a little, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not interested here. Yeah. All right. So next we have, uh, finally we have Chad Michaels and Chad came out in a peacock inspired outfit with a, um, shoulder plate that was all peacock feathers and having kind of like a peacock and fired inspired mohawk and one breast hanging out the side. Um, this is tacky in all the wrong ways, Not, you know, which we were talking about Alexis Mateo and tacky in all the right ways. This is, <clears throat> I kind of remember liking a lot of Chad's looks on her season. And this to me is just, and this, this looks like something a drag queen would wear. And I don't mean that as a compliment. I mean that, that this is something that somebody at, at, a, at a drag bar in Ybor City would wear on a Saturday night while they did a Taylor Dane lip sync. So this look has a boot for me. I, my problem with this is that I think, and I, I just remembered something about Chad from this first episode, something that she also kept saying in addition to Happy Hunger Games, she kept saying, welcome to oh, the yeah. jungle. Which, yeah, that's what she was going for with this look. And "Welcome to the Jungle" is like a lyric from Glamazon, which is the song that of her season that she just lost. And I think she, I don't know maybe if she was like trying to like kiss her his butt in that. And then she like kind of she goes, "Oh, we're giving you you know Rumble in the Jungle or whatever realness." Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's super tacky. It's like you know, it's NBC Peacock's like you know trashy aunt kind of thing on the side of her shoulder here. I just yeah, I'm, it's it's not good not good at all evan for i mean no it's good i don't hate okay it's 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 probably expensive but it's not what i what i expect from chad michaels and i'm surprised they didn't read them more because the, the judges were like were really impressed by it i remember okay. like they were like they were floored by it and the reason why they were in the bottom was because they didn't like their pictures mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's surprising to me evan you yes. do know that welcome to the jungle is also the name of another song right I okay. Do, yes. Wow. <laughs> because Taylor, because, because really when you tested. said Welcome to the Jungle is from RuPaul's song Glamazon, Joe and I both died a little bit inside. <laughs> uh, no, okay. No, I I need to preface that I do know that. Who sang Welcome to the Jungle? I, I actually don't know who sang it. Oh, I, my gosh. Okay, look. Welcome to the Jungle. We got fun and games. That, 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 yeah, that era, that all, it all is. Who, who actually is it? Oh, is no! It, ah! Who is it? Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Okay, let's see. Again, Guns and Roses. That that that's all the same to me. Now it's not all the same, but I just I, that's not a genre of music that I like particularly. Well, I don't like that music either. Uh, but I, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Bringing it down. <laughs> bringing it down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're gonna I'm give t- Taylor to be an ignorant. Not trying to be an ignorant millennial here, but I'm trying to best. I I know the song. I just don't. Taylor the... Taylor's blood pressure is through the yeah. roof right now. I know. I need to take my Lasartan right now. Uh, it's been really nice knowing you guys. All right, back on the main stage, RuPaul oh. explained how the lip syncs would work during All-Stars. But when you return, the bottom two teams will be up for elimination. At that time, each team must choose the one queen that lip sync for both of your lives. <sighs> you may leave the stage. If during the first minute of the lip sync, your partner is having a shemergency, you have one chance to push the button, tag her, and finish the lip sync yourself. Each team can use the button only once this entire competition. 
After the judges deliberated, Team Latrilla, consisting of Latrice Royale and Manila Luzon, were named the winners of the challenge, while Team Shad and Team Mandora were in the bottom two. Chad Michaels represented for Team Shad, and Mimi I'm First represented for Team Mandora in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul. Mimi I'm First got all up in Chad Michaels' space, but it wasn't enough to throw her. In the end, Team Shad was asked to stay, while Team Andor was asked to sashay away. Ladies, any final thoughts on the episode? Uh, Evan, let's start with you. Final thoughts. Anything? Did, is there anything we missed? Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we... Um... Yeah, so the first two things I think of, or something I think about, it's interesting hearing them, or at least the version I was watching, that they're still she-male, and that there is a mm-hmm. concept called the she-mergency, which maybe not be as controversial. Um, I think oh, the yeah. buzzer is stupid, and yeah. kind of a waste. I mean, literally, they, they spend so much time just explaining it, and it's Does it so ever pointless. get used this season? Um, it gets used once. Okay. And you know the producer was like, you, somebody better fucking use that goddamn button. <laughs> somebody better hit this fucking button. Yeah. And it's not even a buzzer. It's just a light, and they just, they're supposed to like hover their hand over it. Like, they know when they're going to use it. Um, yeah, I mean, not... That was a, so that was interesting hearing that again because normally they've like they've cut that out of even like current like you know airings of the show. Um, I didn't think that the the judges' deliberation or the explanation of why um, Latrice and Manila won was very clear. I think they kind of just like threw it. I, it wasn't super obvious. I would have liked to hear a little more critiques of their general looks. Um, but again, I just I so a note that I had was that the tone and the like just the general like vibe of the episode while it was very much reminiscent of like an old school season of drag race it just was kind of lackluster and the there was a quote from i think it was not carson ross um, ross what's matthews. the other one ross matthews says he says to chad and them it's like oh you guys are all stars you're better than this like i just feel like that that's like indicative of this entire episode like these queens are so much better than this and it just it it's not really their fault, but it just wasn't wasn't engaging television. Taylor, any final thoughts on this episode? Also, I know you're a huge fan of this song. You want me to turn the volume up? No. <laughs> Why do you hate this song so much? Uh, um, it's just not one of her better songs, and I hated the video yeah. with the cat. So I wanted to have sex with um, the cat. One of you. Yes, I was trying to start before you actually said that because I knew that. Um, oh my. One of you described this episode as heavy. That was me. And was that you? Okay. And I would definitely say that that probably, as much as I loved seeing all of these queens again, especially considering some of these queens we haven't seen since All Stars 1. So at least regularly. So there is kind of that returning to the early days of the show you know, some of them, I mean, really, you haven't really seen it since eight. <laughs> Joe is dancing for us right now. So, um, <sighs> seen in eight years, it's, there, there is definitely a heaviness to this. It's, they were trying too hard, but much like if you watch season one of All Stars, or season one of RuPaul's Drag Race and see how they worked out the kinks, I think we needed to have this season like this so that the kinks were worked out for the amazing All Stars 2 season. That I think everybody here loved or loved to hate this was i remember just watching this and liking it whereas i love does All-Stars anybody too. hate ulcers ulcers 2 is yeah. up there to me with season six the best season of rupaul's drag race ever yeah 
Yeah, but I think that they have... Pokemon <laughs> Trees probably hates it, but... Um, oh, I was trying to remember the thing she says. She goes, oh, oh, absolutely. Wait, wait. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, as, oh, I but I think that we needed to have this in order to get the great season that we did with season two. I agree, and I just I think it's maybe as a as such, like a big fan of the show and these queens who like I can you see how talented they are. Um, it's we, this was necessary, but it just sucks that it came at the expense of them kind of being like, oh well, they're not going to come back again, you know. Or there's it it stinks for them. Not that they're not that this is the only thing they'll ever do, but it's unfortunate that so many great queens that are on this season, you know, had to be a part of this. To yeah, they were kind of sacrificed to the All Star gods. Like, would, like, would they ever? Like, you think they'd ever bring back anyone that was on All Stars One? No, they've said that they would. Uh, they'd be open to it. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, now let's actually get to the most interesting part of the show, Untucked, which isn't even part of the main episode. On Untucked, Raven is really smooth at product placement. Oh my god! Oh, look at oh. this! Oh. Redecorated! What is the furniture? I think it's form decor. This looks like my house. <laughs> Despite the boring storyline of the main episode, this episode of Untucked has one of the most confusing yet most entertaining fights of all time. We're going to do our usual thing here where we are going to it's rather long and we will comment as it goes okay here we go i have a question we were in the gold bar talking about this what's the beef between you and alexis i lost my job because of mimi taking over my whole bar i respect because it was not your decision it was our owner but i feel betrayed i think personally i'm sorry all these girls are better than you. But, but, but here, here's the thing. This, this was, we're going to get personal. We'll get personal. When any employer yes. approaches any of us and says, do you want this job? Are you going to take the job? I had no idea that he let you go. And if you have a problem with it, you come to me first, girl. Is you, all, no, 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 no. I don't have you, a problem. No, 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 no. I listen to you and now you're going to listen to me okay. for one hot minute. Okay, this is where right now it makes sense, but then it gets really confusing yeah. to me. This is my problem with it. Act a fool, girl. She's going to say it again, but how is she acting a fool? She's being like very professional. Like, how's she? Yeah. Because it's something that she. Uh, Alexis starts this out as far as conflict goes. Uh, one, I don't think Alexis necessarily wanted to talk about it. It seems like in the beginning she doesn't necessarily want to talk about it and then it just kind of devolves. And she does... Well, we we know some tea from Tammy Brown that kind of supports okay. what you're saying, but go ahead. She starts off as far as when there is... Con- I actually just talked with a client about this today. When you are in conflict with somebody, you don't make you statements. You make what we call I statements. So I feel hurt... I feel, what did she say? I feel betrayed. You know, you make statements where you're just talking about your own experience, not what you think the other person should be doing or whatever. The problem comes when then she then goes to, I don't think, I think every other girl in here is more talented than you or you don't deserve to be here because that immediately is going to put Mimi on the defensive. Yeah, and it delegitimizes any like, ration, not, not rationality, but, 
you know, she has a right to be hurt, but then you, she just sounds like a, you know, upset child almost. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, there's no debating that they deserve to be there. But you Right. Can, so when you have a situation yeah. where Mimi does start off saying, look, if any of us are offered jobs, we're going to take them. And I had no idea, which is logical and makes sense. Alexis's response of act the fool girl just go ahead and act the fool is a way and you see it you see it on <laughs> Mimi's face where she kind of is taken aback by it because it doesn't necessarily make sense and Mimi really has no place to go from there either, either than to shut up and stop talking about it or to just okay that we're going into this and it just it just evolves into a fight I'm here act the fool we are are living in a world where people look at us like we're freaks. Ha! Ha! Okay. None of those statements have anything to do with what was just said. It makes no <laughs> sense. Let me let Tammy finish. I'm acting. Why are we... I'm gonna go back a little bit. You just want to hear That's Tammy cool. go, ha! Huh, ha! Huh. We are living in a world where people look at us like we're freaks. Ha! Huh, ha! Huh. I'm acting. Why are... Okay. So Tammy, according to Tammy Brown... She's the the reason it seems so disjointed is she's actually talking to the producers, and the producers told her to act a certain way, like act surprised or something like that, and then that's when she went like, ah, well, you can't do it. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, like she's doing that because she is saying like I'm acting, I'm doing what you asked me to do. And that's what so that's that the makes context sense then because there. she does that, and you see Nina kind of put her hand on her shoulder like, all right, knock it off, kind of thing. If you watch it in the video, yeah, that makes. I never understood that. Yeah, a lot of the random things she's saying have to do with um, talking to the okay. producers when she wasn't supposed oh, to. Yeah, I love to know what questions they asked her when, which prompted her to say, "I just cured my grandmother," but or when she says, "My father fucked Marlena Dietrich." Bullying each other. I think it's highly inappropriate. No, baby. We're not bullying. We are, each not other. Bullying. We are we having open discussion. We're not this bullying. Is not any bullying. Discussion. Everybody, shut up. Fucking shenanigans. I did not sign up for this. Wait a minute. How do you not know what you're signing up for? You dirty did this, girl. Oh. Well, come on, Teletubby. Teleport us to Mars. What the fuck? See, like no- nothing they're saying now. When you think about, it, especially when you hear it, it makes no yeah. sense. It doesn't make any sense. But there's a fight. And I think that they had to cut it because the producers are involved in this fight. Is is this bitch for real? I did not sign up for something. No. You started this shit. Change your costume, Mimi. Change your costume. Change it around. I was feeling like Mimi's kind of turned over a new leaf. And then guess who came back? The old Mimi. I just don't think it's appropriate to talk about shit that had nothing to do with anything that's happened here. Well, guess what, Mimi? We did. <laughs> you, Mimi, I'm first. Mimi, I'm first, was number third in the voting. I could not... We're all number third in the voting. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. You did. Me, you telling me Evan Ayers was number third in the hosting? Evan Ayers? Leave it. Out of all Do 50 not attack bitches, my fans, bitch. Of the shit that I've seen, you don't have that many. Oh. So out of oh. 50 motherfucking bitches that have been here, how did you manage that? Because they need someone to go home first. Oh. Well, that's mean to say. <laughs> and you know what? This thing ah. is motherfucking <laughs> annoying. It's stupid. Thank you. And, and you know what? And okay, there she goes. not very nice. Whatever. <laughs> you want it crazy, but you got it now. She's talking to a producer. She's talking and to a producer. The statement, yeah. There she goes again. Does that mean that Mimi left another time? 
I don't know. She yeah, goes, there she, she goes, there, yeah. there she goes, there, there she leaves again. Or she said something like that at the very end of that last clip that makes it sound like she walked out one other time. She may have. My chances are fucked. She's about to fucking lip sync with me. So I she think- needs to get her ass back here. If I was Mimi's partner and she walked out the door, I would have grabbed her by the back of her fucking head and yanked her and dragged her back into the lounge and sat her down in the chair and told her, you're not going anywhere until we get eliminated. You need to fucking get her in check. Because now is when you need to rise to the occasion because you're in control of this situation. That bitch is rabid. So this is all stars, huh? This is all stars. I was pissed, so I went outside to talk to Mimi. I think Mimi definitely overreacted, and I think she's messing with my chances to win this competition. Hey. So concerned. Hey. Hey. I wasn't gonna cry. Producers are making me come out here. Pull it the fuck together and get in there. Are we here to win? Yeah, bitch. So get in there, lip sync your ass off, and prove to them why you're here on All Stars. Who the fuck cares about that stupid drama? Uh, that's the, my point. That stuff has nothing to do with being a fierce queen, being an entertainer, being an all-star, being the champion, whatever. Fuck them. And you don't have a fucking choice because you're not fucking up my chances. Make it it is what it is. So let's fucking do it. I'm just not letting you do this. I just... I think Mimi heard what I was saying, but I don't know if she listened to what I said. Okay. All right. All right. I I think that she did hear what you said and she did listen to what you said. And what she heard was that you have given up on her. That Pandora at this point is done. That whole. Yeah, you can't blame Mimi for feeling this way. Like, she's already. She way gave up on her. So, I mean, the one person that was supposed to be your teammate never came to her defense, never said, all right, everybody, and at least to what we've seen, everybody knock it off. This is, you know. And just when she did go out for this moment where suddenly they both magically had microphones like taped to their chest, it was just this pretty much the producers are making me come out here and tell you to put on your big girl panties and come in and lip sync. And which reminds me, how did Chad know that Chad was going to have to lip sync? Oh, I'm sure they talked about it in the, in the show. Oh, Oh, they didn't. They don't talk about it until they go out. And she says, the two of you have to pick who it's going to be. And also, Chad doesn't technically know she's in the yeah. bottom two. Hmm. Well, oh, well, do you mean they interview them Maybe. afterwards? <laughs> no, of course they do. <laughs> no, Chad says that in the in the lounge. Yeah, she, she says, says it in the lounge. She goes, you need to go get that bitch Maybe back she... here because she's about to lip sync against me and she's going to send you home. Well, but. It, it could be a part of it is that they already speculated who was in the bottom two. They do that on the, they do that all the time. Like we are probably in the bottom two, or these people are in the bottom two. I think Chad yeah. knew it, baby. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Join us next week and every week in this very special recap of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Season One. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy, Evan Ayers, and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. 
You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap. If you want access to more Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow Evan Ayers on Instagram at Evan M. Ayers, that's E-V-A-N-M-A-Y-R-E-S, and on Twitter at Nobody Cares, that's Nobody, C-A-Y-R-E-S. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This has been an Afterthought Media podcast. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.